Hey Ampies, Morgan here with this week's intro. First of all, I just wanted to tell you guys that we're on Instagram now. Please follow us at Empire Diaries Pod for memes and episode clips and whatever else we decide to throw up there. We have two whole posts, so get excited. Secondly, this episode is going to cover episodes 17 and 18 of season 2 of The Vampire Diaries, Know Thy Enemy and The Last Dance. According to imdb.com, Know Thy Enemy is an episode in which Isabel unexpectedly returns, leaving Jenna devastated. Bonnie attempts to harness her ancestor's power. Stefan and Damon realize that they have a new weapon. Then, our second episode, The Last Dance, is an episode where, as the students get ready for a 1960s-themed dance at school, Elena begins receiving disturbing messages from the ancient vampire Klaus, from an unusual source. Yeah, baby, Alara Klaus is here. Please enjoy this very horny, very tangent-filled episode of The Empire Diaries. <laughs> And welcome to The Empire Diaries. We know the risk, but we had to podcast. I am one of your hosts, Latoya Ferguson. I'm Morgan Ludich. And I'm Jill Dayfield. And today we are talking about episodes 17 and 18 of season two of The Vampire Diaries, Know Thy Enemy, and The Last Dance. Jill, first thoughts on the episodes? Um, I am going to be honest. I could not tell you a single thing that happened in Know Thy Enemy. I was so bored. <laughs> but the last dance was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, a decade dance episode, you know what you know what's going to happen, something good. Oh yeah. The moment I realized it was a decade dance episode, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you start like punching the air? You're like so yeah. hyped. <laughs> I'm sure you'll remember know that enemy when we start talking about Isabel a lot and you're like, "Oh no." <laughs> yeah. So these episodes, Morgan, do you want to talk about uh, your memories of watching them for the first time? Uh, yeah. Holy shit. I thought they were absolutely wild. I, I I definitely, The Last Dance is the one that's maybe a little bit more exciting of the two. But I still love a lot of the things in Know, My en- in know Thy Enemy. There's some really wild shit, like the fucking moonstone in the soap dish. Like, how can you not <laughs> love it? It's iconic. Iconic. <laughs> Yeah, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And The Last Dance rules. Like, it just has so many good reversals. The string of a bunch of different cast members slow dancing and having insane chemistry alone makes it an all-timer episode. But the fact that all this other stuff happens, ugh, chef's kiss. So for Know Thy Enemy, I think I lost my shit at uh, Matt's conspiring with Sheriff Liz Forbes against Caroline. Poor Caroline. I was like, oh no, it's not, things aren't okay between Matt and Caroline. This is very bad now. Yeah. And I think definitely when I originally watched it, I felt more sympathy for Isabel at the end. And now I do not. <laughs> yeah, now I just straight up don't. And um, the Klaus Alaric thing, uh, f- like I flipped out because I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing Klaus could do. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun. It just it keeps you it keeps you guessing for sure. And it's it's like a great way to uh, kind of subvert any expectations you have. Yeah. And uh, as for the last dance, like Klaus Alaric is, is 
again, iconic. What a treat. A decade dance. You love a decade dance, honestly. I, I love a decade dance. Yeah, and uh, Bonnie dying fucked my shit up, even though oh. she came back. <laughs> it's so crazy. It really, it, it killed me. I, at the time when I first saw it, I was, I didn't see a way out of it. I was like, I was felt fully traumatized because they really make you go through the ringer and they make you see how horribly it affects Elena. It's crazy. Yeah, Anya Joe was really good there. Hell yeah. But Joe Joe wasn't gonna be fooled. Joe refused to be fooled. Yeah, I didn't think that Bonnie would die before Klaus fully arrives. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. And you are, by the way, beyond ready for Klaus to fully arrive, correct? Oh my god, I'm s I've I was ready five episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anticipation, baby. Uh, so let's talk Know Thy Enemy. Yeah, so we open with Isabel showing up. Yeah, continuing where the last episode left off. Yeah, uh, she immediately blows up Elena's spot and says, it's nice to see you again. Uh, Jenna is fucking floored because of course she is. She has to come in. Elena immediately tries to bar her entry because she's smart. Mm-hmm. And Jenna runs away. It's so upsetting. She's asked asks, like, did Rick know? Did John know? Did you know? Elena tries to explain everything, and she just can't handle it, and she runs upstairs, and she slams the door, and she cries, and woof. Yeah, Janet basically confirms that everyone but, but her knows, which that keeps being a thing in these episodes, actually. People knowing things. <laughs> everyone knowing things but you. Jenna and Matt should uh, have a support group, really. Absolutely. <laughs> Jenna runs to her bedroom, and then she does a con- controlled slide against her bedroom door, and I'm just like, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Jill, how was this for you? Because you're, you're an Aunt Jenna fan, right? Yeah. I feel like she was just humiliated and that sucks yeah right yeah she didn't deserve that (laughs) fucking isabel it's so fucked like they did really just like embarrass her and i feel like that's not something we deal with on the show a lot like that's not 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 usually like a sin they uh commit upon each other but yeah she's just really made a fool of in this scene and it breaks my heart it's possible they should have all told her the truth about vampires and such once she stabbed herself in the gut because of Catherine. Yeah, some might have uh, believed that was when the stakes really changed and made it uh, more than okay to tell Jenna. But, you know, everyone does, does what they do, I guess. Or when an original vampire came to have her, like, tour him around town. Maybe maybe then. They let her hang out with him alone. <laughs> Yes, Elijah gave his word, but also at least let Jenna like know what's going on in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be better, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our next scene, uh, Stephanie and Damon are like, oh shit, Isabel's here. Whoops. And Catherine shows up and says, you shouldn't tell her I'm here because it's better if she and John don't know that I stayed in town. And Damon's like, what? you're the one who's in fucking cahoots with them. Why would we hide <laughs> things from them? And she says, I did what I had to to get out of the tomb, but now I'm reconsidering my alliance. What a bitch. <laughs> Although she wasn't even reconsidering her alliance. It's really just the John part of the alliance. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about how John is a cuck later. Oh, John is a cuck. <laughs> So Stefan immediately is like, Catherine, what do you know? Because you're being shifty. She's like, I know that I want Klaus dead, which puts me squarely on team you. Besides, if you two ever need me to swap places with Elena again, the less people know that I'm here, the better. And she's like, think about it. Be smart. And he's like, I don't like this. So he just turns to Damon and says, why don't you call Alaric and let him know that his wife just showed up on his girlfriend's doorstep? Jesus. Woof. <laughs> oh, the drama. The Vampire Diaries drama, you guys. 
truly some good drama. Uh, speaking of Rick, he arrives at the Gilbert's place and he is uh, concerned about his girlfriend, which is pretty fair. Yeah, um, but not going well. This does not go well at all. No, Genesis, she's going to stay on campus. She's going to write her thesis. She doesn't want to be in this house. She asks Elena to go to the Lockwoods and accept the Historical Society's check for her mom's foundation. And she tells both Elena and Alaric that she doesn't want to hear any more lies from them. And she leaves. I was going to worry because she is stays on campus for these two episodes, at least that we see, but like, unfortunately John is staying there. So they do have an adult present in their lives. Yes. <laughs> Which is good. Speaking of John, he pops in and is a uh, self-righteous dick about, uh, maybe you guys should have told her the truth a little earlier. And finally Rick punches him in the face. It rules. <laughs> it's so cathartic. It rules. It's hot. I love it. Jill, how'd you feel about it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was on cloud nine, <laughs> waiting for that to happen. I was just going to say, on Klaus nine? I'm like, that's, that's stupid. That's not even a good no. pun in any way. <laughs> uh, so then Caroline gets in her handy-dandy Ford, and she explores some of its great features. <laughs> in my opinion, what a car. <laughs> uh, we should all have Fords. Uh, I for sure think so. I gotta change my uh, <laughs> mobile plan uh, to AT&T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's on the phone with Stefan and she's like, uh, Matt has gone missing and it's really fucked up. He's freaking out about Vicky. He knows everything and he's just like out loose. Way to go, Caroline. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently her mom showed up in the middle of it and he ran away. Yep. So she didn't get a chance to compel. Yeah, it's pretty smart. So she calls Matt. She gets uh, Matt's voicemail, which is very nondescript, which makes sense. (laughs) Uh, So then back at Elena's place, uh, Stefan and Elena Uh. are hanging out in her bedroom, and Elena's dad storms in, John. (laughs) He's like, can you come downstairs? I need to talk to you. And she's like, absolutely fucking not. But John, you know, says please. And they go downstairs. And who is there but Isabel? Yeah, I wrote in my notes, John's bitch ass invited Isabel in. (laughs) This is the scene in which I wrote Nina's glare. Um, very big. I love how much Elena hates both of them, both John and Isabel. It's really gratifying because Elena is such a sweet character. You could, you know, you could get in her head, your head that she's like a little too much of a goody two shoes. She is not. She uh, she's a little savage when she wants to be. <laughs> By the way, uh, Jill. The past few episodes, you have not been uh, enjoying Stefan and Elena. Did you hate them here or were you just fine with them? I'm sure you're just fine, right? I actually didn't actively hate them these two episodes. <laughs> I figured. Woo! Yeah, I was kind of just going along with, with it. Uh, and I think enough happened where I was like, okay, I can handle them. They needed to get away from the lake house. I think, that, Despite the fact they were arguing mostly at the lake house, I think most of that was too saccharine for you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they're just back in the normal chaotic world that they live in. <laughs> this is an episode that's very deal heavy. So I'm going to do my best to, uh, you know, display everyone's leverage correctly. Yeah, to properly uh, capture all of the deals made. Good God. Uh, so Isabel uh, is like, hey, look, I've been doing everything possible since I was last here to find Klaus. We killed all of the tomb vampires so that no one could say there was like a doppelganger around which okay so yeah john says that she was helping all along and they explained the vampire things which you know that works as a quote-unquote retcon mm-hmm. but maybe if he didn't take so much fucking glee in killing all these tomb vampires 
I would believe it more. Yeah. If he wasn't just a little bitch ass when he killed Pearl and Anna, I'd believe him more. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Elena's like, what the fuck? Like, last time you were here, you made it very clear you don't care about me. Yeah, she was very performative in, in, in that matter, actually. Yeah, but Isabel's like, look, that was all an act. I have a safe house that I can take you to. The deed's in your name. No vampires can get in without your permission. Not even me. So please let me help. Which does sound like a pretty good deal. But Elena says, get the hell out of my house. Yep. And you know what? She's right. Get the fuck out of her house. She truly is. Nina Dobrev is throwing some beautiful glares in this scene. She is over it and it is great. Yep. Love it. Love her. So then we go on over to the Martins. Great bit of Mr. Ian uh, waiting at the doorway to see if he can step over the threshold and then saying, yep, everybody's dead. <laughs> oh, Damon. Way to be respectful. And I didn't note it in the chat, but now just like looking at my notes and thinking it through, now I can note it. It's that obviously this is not a pro Bonnie Jeremy uh, podcast. Can, is that safe to say? Uh, it's safe to say. Okay, safe to say? Yes. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part of it is also, now that they're a thing, Jeremy feels the need to be with Bonnie all the time, as though he's useful in any way. And even Stefan doesn't need to be with Elena all the time. The only reason he does now is because they're literally protecting her from Klaus. They couldn't be separate at times, whereas Jeremy's like, I have to be here. There's no reason for Jeremy to be here with Damon and Bonnie doing essentially recon. Uh, strong agree. <laughs> Why is he in the scene? He doesn't have <laughs> anything to do. Yeah, he's just like, are we going to read all these books? Like, you're not part of this. <laughs> uh, he truly isn't. He is like a very much a hanger on in all of these scenes, but he's there to look out for Bonnie, I guess, which- um, <laughs> For what? Uh, I'm sorry. I feel like I've, I've, I've tried to be objective when it comes to Jeremy Bonnie. But like at this point, like at this right here, I'm just like, why are you here, boy? Maybe like Bonnie doesn't want to be alone with Damon because she's not a fan. I don't know. Uh, after watching them dance uh, in the second episode, maybe she does want to be alone with Damon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I would like Bonnie to be alone with Damon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, hope that happens more in the future. But who's to say? Who is to say? At the Martins, they are trying to find a grimoire that Luca's dad had that contains a spell that will let Bonnie harness all of the energy left behind when a witch dies violently. Damon knows the spot where all of the witches were burnt and reveals that, and it seems like we kind of have a lead. Yeah, and there's no reason for Jeremy to be in the scene at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do like that Bonnie's... Society, you know, she wants to collect all the grimoires and keep them safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still weird that uh, Doc Martin collected all of them. And I still think that's kind of sketchy, but hey, <laughs> Bonnie's good people, so I trust her. Yeah. So then we go to Isabel's house, the uh, fanciest foreclosure in town. She has her, like, cowboy guy, I think, still. I don't know if it's the same guy. I hope it is. Yep, same guy. Aw, good for him. Yeah, he's had a pretty decent career. Good for him. He doesn't get to speak, but yeah, <laughs> you love to see it. Uh, we do love to see it. So Catherine shows up. She and Isabel like seem to have a really warm thing going on. They actually smile and laugh with each other. Isabel seems the, like the most animated we've seen her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel has a friend, and so does Catherine. And we know how Catherine is with friends, but... Uh, Catherine's not the one who does something shitty to a friend in this episode, actually. Mm-hmm. So Isabel says she was busy making a deal with Klaus to save Catherine's life. So I literally made bullet points about her Klaus deal so that I could just read them instead of having to look at this scene in depth. So she's using John and mm-hmm. lying about keeping Elena safe. Mm-hmm. She's in with Klaus's witch, mm-hmm. and she has agreed that they can trade the Moonstone and Elena 
for Catherine's freedom. But she says, but in doing so, you'll have to betray the Salvators. And Catherine's like, look, I was willing to try things their way, but they're floundering. Their witch lost their powers. <laughs> They've used their only weapon to kill Elijah. If I stick with them, I'm dead. So you showing up is great. Yes, Catherine just basically reminds everyone the Salvatore boys are dumb, which <laughs> is true. And it is a good plan. I mean, obviously we want Elena to live, but like, that's the plan. You, you yep. give Klaus all the things he wants. And in theory, Catherine goes free, but like, we know Trevor thought he'd be able to go free and mm-hmm. he got his uh, head karate chopped off. God, that was the best, guys. <laughs> it really was. Because Elijah's the best. Um, Elijah's number one. I miss him. <laughs> well, you won't miss him for long. <laughs> so then we have a uh, Stefan Damon and Elena scene back at the Salvatore house. They're wondering whether or not, or not they can trust Isabel, which right now we know they shouldn't. <laughs> Never trust that bitch. Mm-hmm. I feel like L Word fans are agreeing with us, honestly. Again, we have not watched the L Word. But I know that they will agree with us. Yeah, that Jenny Schechter, she sucks, right, guys? <laughs> We've decided we're going to uh, court the, the L Word fans. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of like, that Jenny Schechter, she fucking sucks, right, guys? And then we move on. <laughs> L Word, right? Yeah. A lot of people cheating on each other on that show, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's truly all I know about the L Word is that everyone is constantly cheating on each other. That's all that I know. Oh, and it's gay. I know that Jennifer Beals is on that show, but I still can't tell if they allow her to be the black woman she is or if she's pretending to be white. And uh, nothing I've looked up can tell me the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So Stephen and Damon are being very angsty about wanting to protect Elena, which is pretty much par for the course. But she says that one of them's going to have to come with her to the Lockwood luncheon. And Stefan decides it is going to be him. (laughs) And they are still keeping the witch stuff that they're doing from Catherine who shows up and, you know, seems thirsty for information, but they don't want to tell her anything. Uh, Their plan is working. They are doing a good job right now. I will say that. They really are. I'm proud of them. I hope nothing fucks that up soon in anyone's bathroom. God, I hope no one left something (laughs) in a very stupid, but honestly, really funny place. Also, I'm I'm really glad we can finally talk about this on the podcast. I'm so thrilled. Damon's so fucking stupid. But he does say something baller to Catherine, which is don't mistake the fact that we haven't set you on on fire in your sleep for trust, which makes me very happy. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, also, Jill, you should know, we've wanted to talk about the moonstone in the soap dish for the longest time. Oh, is that what you guys would always bring up and then be like, oh, I can't talk about it yeah. yet? <laughs> one of the big ones. It's one of the best stupid things Damon does ever. <laughs> it's, yeah, unbelievable. I love it. If Catherine wasn't staying with them, I think it was great. But also, remember, any vampire could get into their home, so, like, she could still find it. (laughs) But she might not, like, be looking that closely. He said there are six other bedrooms uh, when she was trying to, like, fuck him. I don't know if he was counting Stephens, though. So they have seven or eight bedrooms in there. She would have been looking for a while, I suppose. Yeah, but I guess it is in Damon's nice bathroom. Why couldn't he put it in the soap dish in, like, one of the empty rooms? That's probably smarter. (laughs) God damn it. Well, that's why he has an eye on it every day. <laughs> we have a Lizzie Forbes and Carol scene. They're uh, talking about local town mischief. It's a small scene, but I just love this where they're talking about the, the Mystic Grill fire and they're like, what the fuck? And Carol's like, do you think it's vampires? And Lizzie's like, I guess so. That's just what it always is now. It's so good. <laughs> Caroline shows up looking for Matt, thinking that he was supposed to be working a catering shift today at the luncheon, but no one has seen him. And uh, tension mounts. Tension mounts. And then uh, poor Carol Lockwood. She asks if uh, Caroline's heard her from Tyler. And we, we all 
know Carol Lockwood is a bitch. This is a fact. Yeah. But like, she was never as terrible as her husband who fought their son. And she's always like been a good mother. I think that's like a definitive characteristic for her. Yeah, she's always cared and she's always wanted to do good things for Tyler. Like she has yeah. been a asshole, but like she loves her son and wants him to be safe for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Carol. Uh, he ran away with a, a terrible character. So Caroline is uh, freaking the fuck out about Matt being gone. She says something that makes me very sad, which is that this wasn't how it was supposed to happen because she was supposed to tell him at the right moment and he was supposed to be okay with it because he loves her, but that didn't happen. I would say, girl, you've watched The Notebook too many times, which she has, but like Ryan Gosling was an asshole in that movie, so I don't know what she was expecting. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, Stephanie and Elena maybe gave Caroline some unrealistic expectations for how things are supposed to go, which Stefan calls out after Caroline leaves because Stefan says, maybe he'll come around to Elena because you did, which is kind of a sweet moment. Jill probably vomited. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Or maybe Stefan could come around to Caroline to fix all of her romantic problems. Team Stefan, baby! Hell yeah. (laughs) I am more so on Team Stefan than Team Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I am more on Team Stefan than Team Tyler. Okay, that's fair. So basically, once we get all of the scraps of Team Stefan together, they're actually the most powerful ship on the podcast. (laughs) Absolutely the truth. (laughs) So then Damon, Jeremy, and Bonnie are traipsing through the woods on their way to the site of the witch massacre. Oh, yeah. So Jeremy's here, I guess, for exposition purposes so we can know what's going on. Otherwise, it's just Bonnie not saying anything or talking to herself, which no one wants that. Yeah, so they go in this like big old house where the witches used to live and the second Damon gets in there funny magic stuff starts happening to him because the witches whose spirits are in the house are not stoked that he has arrived they freeze him in place in the sunbeam they turn off his ring and he starts burning oh yes for this episode the witches they are prank Sinatra the witches are prank Sinatra this episode and it's great and Bonnie's like looks like they don't want you here and Damon just says fine I'm gonna go wait outside which is very cute. So then Catherine searches for the moonstone. She goes yeah, she through does. all his drawers. She steals some money. Um, Nina Dobrev being a little cat burglar is attractive to me. Nina Dobrev for Catwoman. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah. So then she washes her hands and uh, happens to take a peek in the soap ditch. Wow. She finds it, gang. Oh my god. It's so funny, you guys. I love it so much. Again, I died the first time I ever, like, the scene happened. I was like, are you kidding me? He put it in the soap dish. And now that I'm in a mature position in my life where I can just be like, Damon is the fucking biggest idiot in the world, I can laugh even more. It's great. I have no notes. It's what he would do. He's stupid. It really is, like, the best part of rewatching and doing this podcast is just noting all the ways in which Damon Salvatore is an idiot. <laughs> oh, it's fucking great. Didn't love him. Oh, but. love him to death. To death. Jill, do you have anything to add about the soap dish? I would love to hear if you have any further takes. It makes me endlessly happy. I mean, I put in the chat, is he really that dumb? <laughs> and yes, he is really that dumb. <laughs> you know what? I respect it. It's like, we love to laugh about how dumb he is. And then he shows us, oh, this is how dumb he really is. Yeah, it gets worse. (laughs) Guys, when people tell you who they are, believe them. (laughs) 
Wow. So then we can move on to an Isabella Larrick scene. Isabel seems to want to make some amends, which is uncharacteristically nice of her. She says, sorry for outing you to your girlfriend. That was petty of me. Which it, it was. was. She called her, uh, when she was talking to Catherine, she called her Auntie Vanilla and like, how dare you? She is far from Vanilla, Miss Vanilla. Yeah, she's cool as shit. Like, you're the most boring vampire ever and Jenna's cool as hell. Like, Jenna's like really cool, which is another reason they should have told her a long time ago the truth. I know. Alaric says, look, whatever jacked up vampire amends that you're trying to make with me right now, I'm not interested. And I laughed uh, very hard at that. Yeah. Also, do we think Rick was like on his way to, well, no. Where, where do you think he was? He can't go to the grill to like get drunk and grade papers now. So where is he going? There's only one restaurant and it burned down. <laughs> Maybe he's going to go drink with Damon. It's like when football was canceled. It's like, what do they do now? <laughs> he's going to have a drink waiting at home for Damon and they were going to drink it together in front of the fireplace and be bros. Aw, friendship. But of course, uh, Isabel's like, look, like you only feel that way because I compelled you to let me go. I really love you. Anyways, I'm double crossing you by. <laughs> and she gives him to a magic man who uh, knocks him out with magic. This chick can't fucking be genuine for two fucking seconds. God. <laughs> I'm sorry, but she can't. Not a fan. I just want to say it so we don't just call him Magic Man for the oh, rest yes. of the podcast. So we, we get his name in the second episode. It's Maddox. Mm. So far, the first white witch we've met. And I literally, my notes have white witch <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so Maddox Man knocks a lark out. He's the Maddox man. So in our next scene, Damon's waiting outside the old witch house, which like fucking slams the door on him, which is hilarious. And he's like, damn you, Emily. It's like, haha, Emily's got jokes. She's got witch jokes. It's cute. Bonnie and Jeremy have a, a conversation about how uh, he's worried about her. They kiss. I don't like it. And then all the witch voices start whispering to her. She says it's the spirit of all the witches that died. She can't tell what they're saying, but they lead her down to the basement. Mm -hmm. So she finds a spot. She like sets around a bunch of candles and she closes her eyes and seems to like get a message from them. <laughs> and then all the candles light up. It's fun. And now I, I'm realizing another thing that I am hating about Jeremy. It's, it's just like all coming flooding to me now. It's just like, <laughs> imagine if Anna had lived and she and um, Jeremy were a human vampire couple and he was just like always be on her about how worried he was for her, despite her being this very powerful, very old vampire. Not cool. And that's basically what he's doing to Bonnie and he needs to stop. Yeah, it's just tough. It, it makes every scene one note. What, what I appreciate is that like on paper, do I want Bonnie to have a boyfriend who cares about her and who is not supportive of her death wish? Absolutely. I just, I, I want someone who goes about it very differently. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, this this is lead me to my favorite game, which is always thinking like, uh, which member of well now would be CW instead of WB stable of boys? Do you think also audition for the role of Jeremy? Because usually I play this game with Vincent Carthizer on Angel because I'm like I don't understand how he's the one cast considering who they possibly would have auditioned for Angel yeah. uh, on that show. So like, who else do you think auditioned for the role of Jeremy? Who was on, what was on at the same time? Like what pools were they also picking from? Let's see. We got some 90210 was airing at the same time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people they had there, we could get some people from. Um, yes, I think Matt Lanter joined 90210 in season two. So he possibly auditioned for Jeremy Gilbert also. <laughs> Like anyone, I'm trying to think, like, anyone on Gossip Girl who was just on it for, like, a minute, but no one's the right age. Although, do you think Army Hammer auditioned for Vampire Diaries? Not Jeremy specifically, but for Vampire Diaries? I was just going to ask that. Because <laughs> he was on Reaper also in the second season of Reaper, so. And, of course, he was in an episode of Veronica Mars. 
So he was definitely in that steam of boys. How old was Kyle Gallagher at this point? Could he have done it? He would have been on the older side, but he probably yeah. still could have pulled it off, honestly. Love Gallagher. Shout out to Gallagher. To Beaver. One of my first friends in LA. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> uh, big fan. It's a great question. I'm so sorry that I can't answer it. I'll do the research for next episode. Thank you so much. Honestly, I feel like I'd feel the same way even with a different actor because the character just is not fun. Yeah, because we're specifically <laughs> complaining with the Jeremy stuff. We're complaining about like the actions, like, and that's that's all in the writing. Honestly, yeah. it's really hard to be a character that's like always in opposition of the direction the show is going, and that's Jeremy all the time. Always, like, he's always like, "No, the show can't happen." <laughs> <laughs> and that is frustrating because um, I'm watching the show and it is for sure gonna happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Next recording, I'll have like a list of like 90210 guest stars because I feel like there would be a lot of overlap in terms of like guest stars on 90210 who were possibly in the running for being cast on Vampire Diaries. And I'll look up other Teen Choice Award winners of the time. <laughs> Again, remember, Trevino was recurring in season one of 90210, and then he booked this, and he mm-hmm. did not become a regular on 90210 because of this. So, Look, if you have a surfboard, you're in the conversation. Surfboard? Surfboard. <laughs> We're officially canceled. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So then at the Lockwood Mansion, Elena is accepting this check to her mom's scholarship fund that we never knew about, which seems nice. I mean, yeah, it's like, I guess, because we never, we know her dad was a doctor, like, had, like, his own medical office, and based, like, on context clues, and, like, everything Jenna has to constantly do, I guess she, like, ran the historical society, and just, like, did funds and stuff like that, you know, what what rich people do. Yeah, she seemed like a, like a rich white charity lady. Yep. So, basically, John is skulking around the event. As he does. And Isabel decides to create a distraction, and she bites the shit out of him and throws <laughs> him down the stairs. Uh, it is absolutely hilarious. It's the best thing Isabel's ever done. It fully is. It's so funny. In the chaos where everybody's freaking out because an adult man has fallen down the stairs, Catherine switches places with Elena. She says, nice dress. Mind if I borrow it? <laughs> and Morgan and I died over the Canadianness. Nina is usually really good at hiding her Canadian accent, but this was not a place that she did it well. (laughs) How many takes do you think she did? She almost hides it. Like, she's trying to throw the word away really hard, but she must have been, like, mumbling it or something, and they're like, can you hit it harder? And she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was a a fun moment without the Canadian part, and then it became even more fun with the Canadian part. (laughs) So then it becomes even more fun because for some reason, Carol and Liz immediately are like, we need to hide this death, even though this man is so clearly deceased. (laughs) She's just like, yeah, he needs some air. Everyone needs to get out of here. Like he is limp on the ground, motionless. I mean, they're getting ready to say there was an animal attack at the luncheon. (laughs) It is easily their worst cover up ever. (laughs) There are they're like flailing after the Mystic Grill fire. They're like, we have no idea what we're doing. It's really great. It's quite bad. <laughs> so Stefan and what he at this point doesn't yet realize is Catherine run outside. But then like a couple seconds like into them being next to each other, Stefan realizes what's what. But again, Catherine's Elena impression has gotten very good. Yes. I would say it's so weird to say that because I, I brought it up last time because it's it's Nina playing both of these roles. So it's just like you could you could say it's just Nina playing Elena, but it's not. 
No, no, it's always it's always in like a a performance about someone doing an impression, like which is yes. great. Yeah, it's really, really good. And just a reminder that uh, Nina was doing this before Tatiana Maslany was. I'm just saying. It's true. I, I will argue it is a lot less people. <laughs> that comparison came up at the time, and I know Julie Pleck like went out pretty publicly and said that. But you do have to keep in mind that like Tatiana Maslany played like what eight of them. <laughs> this is true. Yes, I'm not giving Tatiana shit. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. Vampire Diaries did it first because I feel like people think that maybe Vampire Diaries like copied. Orphan Black, but like it started before Orphan Black. That's what that's all I'm saying. You are very, very right. And I never saw uh, Tatiana Maslany uh, yeet Paul Wesley into some bushes, which Catherine does here. I mean, if she did, <laughs> it'd be great. I'm sure it'd be great. So then back to the old witch house, Jeremy is freaking out because Bonnie is having a conversation with a bunch of whispery witch ghost voices. And he won't just let her talk to the witches. He's like, what's going on? It's like, not your business. Honestly, it's not. Yeah, the witches throw him up against the wall because they're over it, as am I. Bonnie starts screaming in agony, but then she stops and says everything's fine. (laughs) It's good now. So we have no choice but to believe her. (laughs) So then at the Lockwood Mansion, they are still shepherding everyone out the door. And they're like, John's sleeping. Like, it's hysterical. They're like, (laughs) this is normal. (laughs) Whereas then the second Damon's like, oh shit, how is he? Liz is like, oh, he's dead. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. And because he's so dead (laughs) it's like david has no choice but to tell his friends the truth he's like okay here's the deal like john is a magic ring it'll protect him from death by any supernatural entity like in a couple hours he'll get up you'll need a cover story epileptic fit alcohol binge banana peel whatever works (laughs) a king my question is how in that moment were they not like um, can we get those rings? He did say it's a Gilbert family heirloom, so it could pop- he made it seem that it's only the Gilberts. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so then Liz goes outside and she finds Matt, who asks to see Vicky's file because he wants to see how she covered up that Vicky was killed by a vampire. And he gets really intense. He tries to grab her shoulder. He, like, asks her not to lie. Liz, like, twists him around and pushes him on the hood of her car and tells him to calm down. It's very intense. I think Zach Roerig's really good in this scene. This is a tough, tough couple of episodes for Matt, but I think he's doing what he thinks is best. I mean, I will be objective, unlike Jill. So, yeah, I feel bad for Matt and his plight in this situation. I just feel horrible for him. Like, it's both him and Jenna are experiencing, like, kind of, like, similar betrayal Mm -hmm. and humiliation at this point. And I would just say that, like, Matt lost his sister and he's just a kid and he has no support system. Yeah, and, like, Jenna's... Jenna hasn't even gotten the full truth, but, like, she knows she's being fucked with. So her choice is to literally leave. Mm -hmm. And while Matt is, like, attacking this head on... Mm-hmm. And he's just like, cause like, I mean, he's discovered an entire town's conspiracy and like that the place that he grew up in is not the place it claims to be and the people who run it, who, you know, include people he considers really close to him have been lying and are all part of this like really spooky conspiracy. Like, I don't know, like it's a, it's a really scary thing to find out when you're, you know, what, what are they? 16? We're going to let's say 17. But also, wait till Matt learns that it wasn't about states' rights. Oh, 
That's gonna <laughs> that one's gonna hurt for him. <laughs> but Joel, uh, how, how do you feel about Matt's behavior in this moment, away from Caroline at least? I mean, my big issue with like any kind of storytelling is like when people freak out about something and then just don't hear the other person out. <laughs> I mean, what well, we learn later, he did hear the other person out actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he heard Caroline out. He had just made up his mind before. What I'm saying, later we learned that he heard Liz out for the situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Then I guess that's my issue with Jenna with this, so not Matt. But um. But I mean, with Jenna, they're, they're still not telling her the truth. There's not anything for her to hear out because they're refusing to tell her the truth. They're like, we can explain, but then they won't explain. They're pulling a <laughs> Stefan Salvatore school of lying over here. So many flaws here. <laughs> I can explain. It's Damon. He's doing this. How? I can't tell you. God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad for Matt, but I I don't know. I, I guess people would react better if they do want the D, which he clearly does not. Oh, no, he does not. <laughs> no, he would like to take the L. <laughs> <laughs> More you want to say what the L means? Life. <laughs> <laughs> the L is life. The D and the L. Sometimes you want the D and your friend convinces you to take the L. And that is something that happens many times on this show. Should we, re- we rename the podcast to the D and the L? <laughs> it's too late. Today, uh, we are recording this today on the first day that we have episodes released. Woo! Yay! It's fun. So now you know how far in advance we record these episodes. Yeah, we are uh, <laughs> ahead of the game. <laughs> By the time you're hearing this, we'll be, will we be in season four. <laughs> uh, there's a chance. <laughs> so then Damon comes home with John's corpse and he dumps him on the floor, which is hilarious. It's where he belongs. <laughs> but then he realizes that he's gotten all messy. He takes off his shirt. He tries to wash his hands and realizes that uh, there's a certain bar of soap missing. <laughs> it's the moonstone because he put it in with the soap. Obviously, the moon still needs to be there so we can all know how smart Damon is not. But if you were smart, maybe he should have like given the moonstone to Andy Starr. Oh yeah, because then she it would have been in her apartment that only she can enter. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been smart. <laughs> God, Damon's so stupid. Look, he's not smart. He's like, yeah, let me tell you all my secrets and that's what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to just put the moonstone in your home where it'll be safe from any vampire. He's stupid, but he's, but he's pretty. <laughs> this is true. He's pretty. So then we move on to Isabel's car. She has a her unconscious daughter in the backseat. And she is talking to Catherine. Catherine says, I'm at your house, but we have to hurry. Like, Damon will figure out where you're staying. And Isabel says, well, we'll be long gone before that. And then she apologizes and says, I had to do what I was told. He wanted the moonstone and he wanted you. And Catherine says, he who? And I think we can all... Yes. Yes. Yes, we can. Uh, so obviously she's compelled. Mm-hmm. But like, if she weren't, I would say she really has learned everything from Catherine because she betrayed Catherine before Catherine could betray her. Yep. Pretty good. Like, this looks the best way to get out of an interaction with Catherine Pierce. <laughs> to knife her. Yeah. Maybe one day Catherine will make a real friend. That'd be cute. I mean, in theory, Pearl was, but she sold her down the river. So there you go. So then Catherine turns around and realizes that Maddox, the warlock, it has found her and uh, he grabs her. I love how you commit to saying warlock and not man witch sorry oh am i supposed to say man witch yeah man witch is is the word okay man witch sorry my the summary that i'm reading says warlock boo you say white man witch (laughs) white man witch so then we 
finally get a Caroline and Matt scene. Matt is at Caroline's house because Caroline's mom brought him there after he accused her of covering up Vicky's death and she threatened to arrest him. As you do. Matt tells Caroline he didn't tell Caroline's mom anything about her. Caroline's really relieved. And she says, yeah, he's like, yeah, I got the feeling she wasn't going to believe anything that I say. And then she brought me here to cool down and she got called away. Caroline tries to get closer to him, but Matt still like steps back. She says, why do you stick around if you're still scared of me? And he says, because I need to know more about Vicky and you. And Caroline agrees to tell him whatever he wants, which I think is her playing this fairly smartly. Yeah. Despite what happened, I don't think Caroline does anything wrong at all. Yeah, I think she's a she's a good kid. <laughs> so then Bonnie and Jeremy are leaving Old Witch House and Jeremy's like, well, we got to translate that chant. And Bonnie's like, no, 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 it's cool. It was just a warning. <laughs> just a little warning. Look, I am not Jeremy's best friend, but I am on his side. His girlfriend is being very cryptic in this conversation and it's weird. And he says, okay, what kind of warning? But also, Morgan, who is Jeremy's best friend? I mean, Tyler's gone and they were almost friends. Um, uh, the, the, the person from the vampire message board. <laughs> like, blood-sucking Becky. <laughs> oh, Becky. Classic Jeremy's Becky. best friend. Uh, Bonnie says, oh, it's not important. And he says, kind of seems important. And she says, well, it's just, like, a lot of power that I have access to, so they're telling me to be careful with it. And Jeremy says, okay, well, what can you do with all of that power? And then she freaking changes the weather she makes it really windy. The sky turns black. There's thunder. There's lightning. She's like Storm. Cat Graham for Storm. <laughs> and, like, and again, I would sign that petition. Hell yeah. And she's like, to answer your question, uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, if you Google Cat Graham for Storm, a lot of people agree. <laughs> Hell yeah. It'd be cool. She's proven that she can do it. So then Stefan and Damon get to Isabel's house. It's empty. Oh, um, also, I just want to say it was rumored that she was going to be cast as Storm in like the, the prequels. And unfortunately, she did not get that role. So dang, that's kind of a bummer. So anyway, we then go to a cemetery. Isabel and Elena have arrived. And Isabel's like, look, just because you can't be compelled doesn't mean that I can't force you to come with me. So she gets Elena out of the car. <laughs> and Elena asks if Isabel was compelled. And she says, if I was. I couldn't tell you. So, Isabel remains cryptic and unhelpful. <laughs> she leads Elena to her tombstone, which for me, a very Fast and the Furious moment. <laughs> All I wanted was for Dom Toretto to show up with a huge sledgehammer to bash her tombstone to pieces. That would have been beautiful. Remember how we were supposed to see the new Fast and Furious movie and then the world ended? Oh, I'm so sad. For for listeners of the show, all three of you, the other day, Michael, a friend of the show, Michael Chasen, got a calendar alert for the Fast and Furious tickets he had bought for all of us and sent out a group text. And it was so bleak. Like, we were all so sad. I am heartbroken we could not see that movie together, guys. Well, we can next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm so furious. I'm not even fast. I'm just furious. That's fair. Yeah. It was really sad, guys. I'm very, very, very upset. Like, John Cena's in that movie. It's going to be crazy. John Cena wearing a chain? And Michelle Rodriguez with her new short haircut that looks fucking fantastic. Probably this. Instead of recording this podcast, we should record our reaction to the trailer. I have a full video of myself watching that trailer because Michael was at work and I was home when it was released and I didn't want to wait for him to watch it. So I was like, you'll have this. So you'll essentially experience watching it with me for the first time. And I uh, posted some screen caps of it on Twitter because when Han appeared, I lost my mind. <laughs> 
Justice for Han. Ah, uh, justice. Although I uh, am a big uh, Deckard Shaw fan, so of course you are. You trash. I love Jason Statham. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But also, I'm excited for like um, the backflips they're going to do to explain how Shaw did not kill Han, and everything's good. I can't wait. They're going to be like actually their best friends. <laughs> Yep. And he, of course, forgives him because he didn't kill him because they're best friends also. Oh, God, I hope. I'm also excited to see Jordana Brewster, like, fight and, like, get to do things. Yes! Guys, (laughs) I want to see the movie so badly. I miss my family. (laughs) And we're not cutting any of this out. Oh, God, I refuse. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of emotional monologues, Isabel gives one. She's a regular Dom Toretto. Yeah, she is. She um, says that her real parents, so Elena's real grandparents, come to this grave all the time and they leave flowers. And she says, maybe the human part of me is dead and buried here. Like the part of me that used to really want to have a daughter. And Elena's kind of like, why the fuck are you telling me this? Why are you still being a dick when you're trying to be nice? So then Isabel gets a phone call. It is Maddox, the white man witch. He's like, okay, I have Catherine and I have the Moonstone. The doppelganger is safe, right? And Isabel's like, yeah. And Maddox says, then you can let her go. Because Klaus has everything he needs for now. Your part is finished. You did what you were compelled to do. So Isabel hangs up. She's relieved. She apologizes to Elena for being a disappointment. Then she rips off her necklace and burns to death. Nothing says I'm sorry I wasn't a better mom, like leaving your charred corpse for your teenage daughter to dispose of. (laughs) Jill, what did you think of that moment? I was just like, I don't like Isabel, but what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like she brought her to her grave so she could burn on it? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We finally get t-shirts made for all uh, five of you listeners. One of them's going to be, I don't like Isabel, but what the fuck? That was so weird. Such a weird moment. (laughs) I mean, if we do get t-shirts, though, we should have, like, Team Damo, Team Steve. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Damo and Steve. Oh, my God. It's so wild. Like, again, like, her body is going to be, like, I guess she burned just entirely to ash in the sun. Are we to believe that? I think that's what happens when when they get burned by the sun. It just goes to to ash. Okay, then maybe that was an act of kindness. So then Elena doesn't have to do shit. I really hope. Who gives her a ride home? I guess she has the car. Is that car hers now? Cowboy, like, drove away when he dropped them off. Isabel, think this through. And I don't think she had her phone because she was kidnapped. God damn it. <laughs> did Elena walk? Did, did Elena hitchhike back? Probably. So we we do know this. Isabel is from Virginia and not too far away. Yeah, she's from Grove Hill or whatever, which is like a neighboring town. Yes. So she could have gotten like to a payphone or something. Assuming Cowboy drove away because that's what it looked like. Poor, poor Elena. <laughs> Bad day for her. Was Isabel just like, you know what Elena needs? She needs to watch me burn in front of her. I mean, she, she was compelled, but like, I don't think Klaus said, and then do this performative, like, suicide in front of your daughter. So wild. Elena wasn't safe because you just left her in the middle of nowhere. You didn't take her to this alleged safe house. 
Yeah, she's not good at this. I wish like the safe house was in California. And then we get a California episode. Oh my god, I'd love to see what like I I love when New York shows go to LA. It's my favorite thing in the world. Like Mad Men's LA where everyone's just constantly in a bikini rules. I would love to see the Vampire Diaries version of Los Angeles. Well, Pete Campbell complaining about the bagels is great. Yes. <laughs> I would like to see Vampire Diaries go to Sunnydale. Yes. <laughs> Well, you can read about that online, I'm sure. <laughs> the Scooby Gang would not know what to do with Elena and her, her quest for the D. <laughs> <laughs> really be like, so you want to die? And she'd be like, yeah. And they'd all be like, I, I mean, good on you, I guess. Even like Buffy and her loner bullshit would just be like, I, I wait, I'm, I'm confused. So like, did you look for any other options? Nope. <laughs> She'd be like, but you guys, like, you have someone who does the books and stuff, right? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he hit the moonstone where? Oh, that's a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be cute. <laughs> I, lo- I love all my teens. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of the teens that I love, we have a Caroline and Matt scene. It seems that Caroline has told Matt everything about the Vicky situation and everything that happened between them and all the times that she's compelled him and how she like tried to stay away, but she couldn't because she loves him so much. And she's really sorry about all of it. But all Matt can kind of focus on is the fact that he's like all alone and that like his mom doesn't care. His sister's dead. All his friends are liars. And, you know, his girlfriend's a vampire. Yeah, this poor guy. This poor baby boy. It's not a nice thing to have happen to you. Like, <laughs> I'm team Caroline all the way. I do not want him to be conspiring against her with her mom. That is a no thanks. But like, I can't disagree with it. It's like, it's a really, it's good drama. And it's like really, really good stuff for Zach Rorig to do. Because I think he's really fantastic in all of these scenes. Like, he's clearly really hurting. He like begs her to compel him. He says, I don't want to look at you and see what I'm seeing right now, which is uh, really fucked up. And he like yells at her and says, just make me forget. And so she does. And oof, baby boy. Baby I'm boy. sad. <laughs> Look, he's good. <laughs> there I go. <laughs> uh, back to the app. So at the Salvador boarding house, like Elena has kept Isabel's necklace. She got back to the house somehow. And she's like, oh, yeah, I never thought I'd feel bad about her being dead, but I do. And Stefan's like, well, she was your mom. And Elena is just kind of reeling from all of this like she's confused why klaus's people like let her go and stefan's like well anything john told isabel we have to assume klaus knows so he knows that you're not going to turn yourself into a vampire and that you have us keeping you safe and he knows that you're not going to run so it makes Mm -hmm. sense (laughs) and then the salvatores do something they should have done in season one when anna told them to do it yep they give elena their house Which fucking rules. And she'll just stay there until everything blows over. Then John wakes up with a gasp. (laughs) Which is so funny. And Taman picks him up by the collar and is pissed as hell. And John immediately, like, is like, my bad. I fucked up. I didn't know this was going to happen. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Which I love for him. Yep. So then we have a Jeremy and Bonnie scene. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jeremy asks, how much of your magic would it take to kill an original? And Bonnie says, all of it. I want to die. And Jeremy says, please don't. <laughs> and they're in an impasse. Uh, maybe you should take her to the lake house to talk this out. <laughs> it's rough. Bonnie is our, our person who wants the D the most this episode, for sure. Yeah. She brings up how, like, this is pretty much her calling. And Jeremy's all, fuck that. Because Jeremy doesn't understand having a calling. Because he is um, a 15-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, against uh, her, her quest for the D. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, so am I. I don't want Bonnie to die. I don't want Bonnie to die either, but like, I will trust that Bonnie knows what she's doing. Probably wise. <laughs> yeah. And I trust that Jeremy doesn't know what he's doing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, anything to say about this Bonnie and Jeremy scene? Um, Jeremy should know that the most important part of a relationship should be trust. <laughs> And he is not following that. <laughs> I mean, she's the one who omitted the, the, the D part of the, the plan. <laughs> because he'd react poorly and she was right. <laughs> Maybe they should break up. Maybe. Maybe that's <laughs> the only solution here. <laughs> hmm, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're going to get married. So, <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, don't be mean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Now moving on to a scene that is mean to me. Matt and Liz Forbes meet up at her squad car and he reveals that he drank Vervain, got Caroline to tell him everything, and then pretended to be compelled. Liz thanks him and says, this isn't easy, but I'm glad you told me what happened. I want you to tell me everything that she said. And Matt says, I feel like she died. And then they're both crying. Because Liz says, it's because she did. Yeah, and I, then I am compromised uh yeah my first note is matt snitching to liz so it makes me kind of want to put a snitch bitch from empire underneath this so we're we're, we're gonna create some levity by putting snitch bitch in the podcast so we're not all crying I was a fucking wreck. Obviously, we've we've been through Caroline explaining to her mother that, you know, she, she's still her, and even though she's a vampire, but of course she had to compel her mom to not remember that. And then there was the soup, and then we cried a lot there. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of the season. <laughs> so, and, and we're back. Look, uh, history repeats itself, especially when you erase some people's memory and have them come to the same realization multiple times. Like, it's just, I think it's smart, and it's good, and it makes me really sad. Unfortunately, this time, Caroline is not there to see her mother come to this realization in person, so she can't uh, stop it. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, Liz gave Matt a uh, vervain to drink to prevent the compulsion so he could report back. And I really like this because I think this is the best way that you, you do this. You have, like, in this moment, Matt and Liz are in kind of the Jeremy place of, like, being in the way of the plot happening, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they are against the story that's being told. They don't like that Caroline is a vampire. They want to stop her from doing vampire things, which is, you know, the whole point of the show. But 
they feel so much guilt about it and so much sadness. And they've been hurt so much by so many of the people on the show, people that have left the show, people who were around before the show started, all of this stuff. I just think it's a really good story. I think it's really heartbreaking. Like Michael and I talk about, we like shows that are about uh, the game and the show is about the game. And these two are, are in the game and have been hurt. <laughs> it sucks. Jill, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I, I was kind of whatever about it. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to agree. I mean, it is a bummer and I, I'm curious to see how it plays out with Caroline because I don't think either of them wants to see her die. Mm-hmm. Like fully die. At least I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's, I hit a point, I think, where it's like, okay, the reveal of finding out about vampires is all we're doing. Not all we're doing, but like we've seen it so many times now that I'm like, okay, let's do something else. Mm-hmm. But we had to get there with these characters and with Jenna at some point. So yeah, here we are. <laughs> and now you just want to see where it goes. Yeah. I'm interested to see how you enjoy this like section of it. Like if, if you like what they ultimately decide to do, they're still like setting stuff up now. Yeah, the season is almost over, you guys. Oh, boy. So then we move on to a scene with John and Elena. John apologizes. He calls Catherine and Isabel two of the world's most uncaring, selfish vampires. And Elena's like, well, if that's what you thought of her, why did you trust her? And John says, because I was there when she gave birth to you, and I saw how heartbroken she was to give you up. And then he... David Andrews is so good because he also does this like pause and he says, and because she was the first girl I ever loved. And when she said she'd help keep you safe, I believed her. He's like, at this point, I'll do whatever you want. If you don't want me around, I'll go. And he gets up to leave. And Elena says, look, you screw up everything. Everything you touch falls apart. You're the only parent I have left. So maybe I can learn not to hate you. And you guys... I cried. (laughs) I cried at the John Gilbert scene. And I would like everybody to leave me alone. (laughs) You're the real cuck, Morgan. I am. (laughs) I'm a low T beta cuck. (laughs) It's the truth. Anders is so good in the scene. Uh, Maybe I am just extra used to seeing him as Blaine, but this is just not a color I've seen on him in quite a long time. And I think they hold it back forever and finally letting him be vulnerable this far into his time on the show, I think is great. The Gilbert charm is finally here. Woo! After getting punched in the face and bitten to death. (laughs) The Gilbert charm is humility, it would seem. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Did you guys like the scene? <laughs> yes, I like the scene. Jill, how did you feel? Because I know you, you're like, you still want John gone because he's John. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. Usually I'm very into like a dad storyline. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about him. <laughs> I don't know if this is just like me needing a therapist, but maybe. <laughs> I just like, if I were in her position and this dude who fucked up everything, I would be like, I don't care if he's my biological father. Get the fuck out. <laughs> You are not family. He's such a dick bag in every moment except for this one. Yeah, he fucking sucks. <laughs> but I but I do love that the the reason like Elena's still mad. She does not want to be close, but I appreciate that she's just like everyone's gone. Like she watched her mom die today. She lost her, you know, the parents that raised her. She's sad. Yeah. She she watched 
Isabel burst into flames in front of her for no reason other than to just be a little performative bitch. Yeah, like, all she is saying is that she will try to learn to not hate him, which I feel like is a very low-level commitment. That's, yeah. He's gotta try, too. <laughs> so then, we got a boy scene. Boys. This would be a good moment for Boy Corner, if we had one. Dang. Damon's like, look, Bonnie says the spell worked. She's locked and loaded. And Stefan's like, yeah, at least something went right today. But then they realize, they're like, okay, so Catherine doesn't know that Bonnie had her powers back, which makes her our secret weapon. And then they clink glasses and it's really cute. And the boys aren't happy. But then let's see what happens in the next scene. I wrote in my notes, boys, boys, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Morgan. Then our next scene, we are in a Lark's apartment. New set. Woo! White man witch. Maddox is doing a little spell and that spell is on a Lark. Yeah, and I... I was at first like, why is there a blood transfusion part of the spell? Then I realized uh, it's to get the vervain out. Mm -hmm. And Alaric seems to come to, but he's looking a little different. He uh, (laughs) grabs Catherine's face because an unconscious Catherine wakes up here and says that he has missed her. And Catherine realizes who it is right away. It's Klaus, baby. She tries to run away, but no, the barrier spell is on the apartment now. Ah. He's like, Katharina. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and Jill's like, what the fuck? Yeah, Fair. I was into that at first, but it grew on me really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, Jill, Jill, just, just, just let yourself relax into it. <laughs> Please, I beg of you. Uh, I love it. I love Alaric Klaus. He rules. It's a a fun little thing. It's really fun. Like, it's a really weird choice, but it's kind of fun just for them to zig when you think they're going to zag. Like, I just enjoy how strange it is. In theory, there's like no point to have a Klaus decoy at all. But when you have a magic show, like it's I think this is the kind of thing about this show that Legacies has embraced more, where it's like, it's a magic show. Why not do the magic thing? Like, mm-hmm. do the fun magic thing that lets our actors do fun magic bits. And that's something I think Legacies, like, really, really loves. And I think it's a fun thing for them to have run with for a spinoff, because uh, it is a really fun flavor of this show. Yeah. Yay. And now we can, can talk about The Last Dance. Yes! The last dance! Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. We opened in Alaric's apartment. Alaric Klaus is not happy at all with Alaric's wardrobe. <laughs> Which I buy. That That is true to the Klaus I know. I love this so much. He's such a little bitch. <laughs> Which is also true to the Klaus I know. Very true to the Klaus I know. Yeah. Without spoiling, I will tell you what parts ring true to me as the Klaus I know and which parts don't ring true to me. Please. <laughs> so he's talking to Catherine. He's like, okay, so the Salvatores have the dagger and the white oak ash. And she says, yeah, but they used it to kill Elijah. He's in their basement. And then he says, cool, that dagger needs to stay exactly where he is. Elijah's a fucking buzzkill. Him calling Elijah a buzzkill. Saying the word buzzkill is not the Klaus I know. Not the Klaus I know. Oh, fuck! <laughs> fuck Morgan! <laughs> oh, look at spoilers! God damn it! No! Jill, I'm so sorry! Jesus uh. Christ! <laughs> Jill! Oh, I'll have to bleep it on the podcast, Jesus! Oh, no! I'm so sorry! Okay, here, insert this into the podcast. <laughs> Here is the point in which I, Morgan Ludish, spoiled a huge thing for Jill. I'm a bad person. 
with very few redeeming qualities and regret my actions deeply. I will do a penance of your choosing. We were so close. We really were, and I fucked it up. God damn it. Okay, that didn't happen, and we'll move forward. What? Jill, you want to get out anything before we move on? Uh, no, let's just move on. Okay, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Wow, that was a really big one, and I have no excuse. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm Damon. <laughs> I'm sorry that I put the moonstone in the soap dish. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Catherine informs Klaus that he's on the outs with his girlfriend, Jenna. And he's like, okay, what other lies am I telling? <laughs> Catherine says that's it. And she begs for death, which is a very Elena move coming from Catherine. Yeah. And that just shows you how bad Klaus is and other things that uh, Morgan Boyle prove you how, how bad Klaus is. <laughs> nope, never would do that. And again, how good an actor Nina Dobrev is because she begs for death in a very different way mm-hmm. than she does as Elena. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing that Elena begs for death so much that way when Catherine does it you can see the difference (laughs) (laughs) so Klaus Alaric says is there anything else that could be keeping from you and Catherine says well they were trying to see if Bonnie could find a way to kill an original without the dagger yeah and she's not sure if Bonnie has her powers or not Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, she begs again for death and Klaus says and show you kindness I've searched for you for over 500 years your death's gonna last at least half that long that is the Klaus I know 100% then Klaus gives Catherine a knife and tells her to stab herself and let it heal and stab herself and let it heal over and over again. Yep. And if she gets bored, switch legs. How kind. Yep. Catherine doesn't seem pleased. Yeah, he gives her a little forehead kiss, too. Mm-hmm. Very tender. Time to move on to the next scene, I guess. Good God, I'm the living worst. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jill. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all good. Do not worry. <laughs> I'm sure that there's more that will not be spoiled. <laughs> there you can hope. Good God, now I can't say it. So then they go to the Salvatores. Elena is signing the documents to uh, get the place. Yep. She and Bonnie are there together. And she's like, yeah, this is my own personal safe house and Bonnie makes a joke about not wanting to clean it. It's real big. <laughs> it's a cute scene. Outside, Stefan and Damon are talking about whether or not Bonnie can take Klaus. More than the boys could, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. They're like, well, I guess we need to find Klaus, but we can't do so with, we can't do like a tracking spell without something that belonged to him. Mm-hmm. But also, let's just say real quick, Bonnie is definitely the most powerful member of the team and they need to treat her with more respect. 100%. Honestly, if we're ranking them, we've already learned Caroline's a better vampire than both Damon and Stefan. Yep. And Damon might be better at vampire because he's not eating squirrels, but he's like dumber because he's hiding moonstones in soap dishes. Mm-hmm. So it basically Bonnie and Caroline are useful and then you have the two dummy brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the team. Truly, the boys are dumb. So then they talk about whether or not Klaus killed Catherine and Damon pretends he doesn't care and that it's not like she didn't have it coming. I mean, in this case, like he's telling the truth. It's not one of those times where he's like pretending he doesn't doesn't care. He really does not care at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I argue that he would care. I feel like he's kind of like really over her now. <laughs> That's fair. I guess, yeah, he just still has such a thing with her. Like if, if she's around, 
around, he can't help but be affected by her. Jill, what do you think? You're the tiebreaker. Um, I feel like he still has some sort of front, but I feel like a lot of it is genuine. There's just something there. So I guess I'm more on Morgan's side. No! I still think Catherine's really low on his priority list, but I think it's more about, like, when she's around, he, he can't remain indifferent. In the face of her. Like, he yeah. gives a shit. He would definitely pull a daemon and act out if she were killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, Elena finishes up with the lawyer, and she invites the boys into her house. And we do a little bit. Yeah, she invites Stefan, and it's really sweet. And then she's like, I'm not inviting you, Damo. <laughs> it's very cute. Jill, how did you feel about this inviting people in bit versus the Stefan Lakehouse joke? Um... <laughs> I liked this one better. Mm. Which is crazy because the Lake House one was better. <laughs> I think I like this one because it involved Damon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's still just such a weird bit to me. I don't know. It's cute. The original one I, I love, of course, because it's like, it would be really funny if you're like, we're going to have a romantic thing. Oh, fuck. I don't have permission to invite you in. <laughs> well, couldn't they just call? Oh, no, they couldn't have called John. He would not have allowed Stefan in. Anyways. Yeah, for a sex weekend. <laughs> <laughs> So Elena does let Damon in, but on a condition, she says, I call the shots. There's no lies. There's no secret agendas. And he agrees to her terms and she invites him in. Mm -hmm. And then immediately he's like, what the fuck? When she's like, I'm going to school. (laughs) And she's like, look, I appreciate all your help. I'll sleep easy here, but I'm not going to be a prisoner. Yep. And she says, the way I see it, the safest place I can be is next to Bonnie. And Bonnie's going to school. So, so am I. Yeah. Bonnie's getting her education. And you know what? Elena should too, even though she calls teachers by their first name. Mm-hmm. Not even first name, <laughs> a nickname in front of other students. <laughs> Bad move. So Stefan decides he's also going to school then too because I guess he has to. I love that they've decided that the twist isn't like most other shows would do that like when Elena and Alaric would be in scenes together like outside of school, she'd be calling him Mr. Saltzman all the time and he'd be like, you know when we're doing magic stuff, you can just call me Alaric. But instead they've opted for it the exact opposite way. <laughs> Which is that she's overly familiar with him in school, and there's no explanation. I mean, he is literally family, but also her calling him Rick is like the equivalent of calling your teacher mom. Right? (laughs) That's how everyone reacts. Insane. So then we have a scene at Caroline's house. It's a Caroline and Matt scene, and they are being secretive. Uh, You mean a Liz and Matt scene and not a Caroline and Matt scene? Oh, shit. I didn't see if I'm... My brain's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> Morgan's lost her mojo. Uh, guys. Okay, this is a Liz and Matt scene. Morgan, channel your inner Mike Lowry. Sorry, I have to go break into people's homes and not need warrants. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And kill indiscriminately. But also, fuck women. Oh, and fuck women. I mean, yeah. And look amazing in purple. <laughs> Will Smith wears so much purple in the Bad Boys movies, and still it's not enough. I love that. We're now transitioning me from too many new girl references to too many bad boys references. This is what, this was the missing element. <laughs> so Liz and Matt have this scene. Matt doesn't know how to act around Caroline now. He's dealing with uh, a big revelation and Caroline, you know, wants him to take her to the school dance. And then Liz is like, so take her to the school dance. But like, this is Matt Donovan, not James Bond. Yeah. He says, I'll never get away with it. She knows me too well. She'll figure it out. And Liz says, look, you 
just have to do it. She's my daughter and I need some time because if this was kept from me and the Salvatores are vampires too and the Gilbert family's in on it and Tyler Lockwood is like, God knows what. And Matt's like, he's a werewolf. She's like, whatever. I can't trust anybody. So I just need a beat to figure out what to do. So the Founders Council, like they of course know about vampires, but they don't know about witches because Jonathan Gilbert, this little bitch ass, he used the witches to get his little pocket protector, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he wasn't telling anyone about the witches. And the Lockwoods, of course, were hiding the werewolf secret <laughs> with the deal with Catherine. So that's why they only know about vampires, because these holier-than-thou assholes were all lying, and the only honest one was Honoria Fell. <laughs> that gossipy bitch. <laughs> So then we move right on over to Mystic Falls High School. Uh, We are in history class. Yeah, we are. And apparently Alaric has been teaching them about the 60s in preparation for the 60s dance at school, which what fucking class? Like Civil War and the 60s? Like... (laughs) so close together like it has to be American history but also like those units are far away from each other I love everything about the scene I love that Elena has stolen one of the posters that was up on the wall Mm -hmm. and she's like just shaking it around and showing everyone she loves Shake it around. It's so funny. Klaus Alaric is just like, I don't know what we're doing. And then Dana shows up being like, here's what we're doing. <laughs> the 60s for some reason and not the Civil War. God, I love that she's like, Elena's showing off the poster to Stefan like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And <laughs> Stefan's like, thumbs down. And then she shows it to Bonnie like, the dance, the dance. And Bonnie's like, thumbs up. And that's how you know we're going to the dance, you guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So Alaric Klaus muses about the 60s says what's something good I could say about the 60s they kind of suck the Beatles made it bearable Cuban missile thing we walked on the moon there was Watergate and Elena interrupts her teacher and says (laughs) Watergate was the 70s Rick (laughs) and everyone's like what the fuck and this again confirms that everyone in the school hates these people did you fucking hear Elena Gilbert corrected Mr. Saltzman in class the other day and called him Rick what the fuck is happening there (laughs) right so many rumors so much gossip it'd be a a mess oh yeah i heard her uncle fell down the stairs at that history thing and like passed out cold what the (laughs) fuck he looked dead he looked absolutely dead and nobody did anything God. Good stuff. I don't believe we ever get an episode from the perspective of the rest of these students, but we should. We should. Dana and Chad, it's from the perspective. <laughs> oh, I fucking wish. Later outside, Caroline uh, is delegating to Dana about the dance, and she runs over to see Matt. Matt gives her a little smooch. He says he's just practicing for tonight. So he found a suit because he's going to be JFK to her Jackie O tonight, which is very cute. It is. Mm-hmm. It seems like things are good with them. Like, Caroline seems suitably fooled, and I'm sad. Yeah, and Joel's just, like, writing in her vampire diary, this fucking jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler would never do this. <laughs> what would Tyler's 60s costume be? I'm so furious we don't get to see it. Oh my gosh, I... Uh, <laughs> what a tragedy. I feel like the, the, the 60s would suit Trevino well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mad Men's on at this point. Wouldn't you just be Don Draper? Oh, God. Especially because Don Draper's brand at the time was like, fuck bitches, get money, which is Tyler's brand. Jill, would you be okay if Tyler became Don Draper? Um, I've never seen Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next podcast we do. 
I have no interest in watching Mad Men. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mad Men is both slow and hilarious. Mm-hmm. When it was on the air, uh, I would always say that it and The Good Wife were the two funniest shows on TV because they were. A lot of my favorite stuff in Mad Men is comedy Mad Men. The lawnmower scene. The lawnmower scene in Mad Men is absolutely hilarious. I would say it's something that if you're ever interested in, it's worth watching the pilot and trying. It does start off pretty slow. I didn't mind the slowness because I feel like it's really beautiful and I like the acting and stuff. But I do prefer Mad Men when it's very wild and zany. And fucking Elizabeth Moss and Christina Hendricks. Those are my ladies. But also, uh, Justice for Megan Draper. I'm just going to say it right now. Whoa, a Megan fan. I'm a pro Megan Draper uh, kind of girl. The truth comes out. <laughs> I'm a Megan Draper agnostic. <laughs> And just like, I don't know who these people are. No, I recognize the name, but uh, nothing. There's nothing in the brain for this one. It's a hard one to binge. It's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like slow, but I feel like it's a good slow. Mm-hmm. It's a fun one to watch with someone else and therefore like have a little bit of time in between episodes to like digest it. I think that helps. Like like I it's it's hard to binge. I did it in college, but I was like hugely depressed. Yeah, uh, I most I think I binge like the first season, but like I mostly watched it week to week, so Yeah. And uh, I will just say I prefer it to Breaking Bad. So suck it. Yeah, 100%. I think that's my issue is I hated Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. And I think the hype that surrounded Breaking Bad is also what surrounds Mad Men, which is why I have no interest. They're very, very different. I would never be like, oh, you like Mad Men? Then you will love Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's not the same thing. Yeah. It's just because they were on the same network at the same time, but like they're not similar. Um, Jill, did you ever watch Halt and Catch Fire? Nope. (laughs) So Hold Kitch Fire was like AMC being like, what if we do like Mad Men, but like with eight in the eighties with computers? And that was okay as it was. And then it's like, what if we put the women, Carrie Bechet and Mackenzie Davis, as the leads instead of the men? Mm-hmm. And then the show got great and it's perfect. It's really, really fucking good. It is it is like one of the best like pivots ever. Like cause it yeah. it is truly I mean the guys who wrote it, the like the showrunners, they wrote it Chris as and Chris. like the Chris's wrote it as a sample to like get staffed on Mad Men or something, right? Like or like a, yeah. something similar. And instead AMC was like, oh no, we want to make this. <laughs> I imagine that's like, oh, oh shit. Okay, yeah, yes. And then suddenly they like had a show and they had someone else running it for like the first two years mm-hmm. before they stepped in, right? Yeah, and like the male like leads are good. It's Scoot McNary and Lee Pace and they're good, but like the female characters are just better. And Lee Pace is bi, which is yes. a gift. It's it's great. Yeah, it just, it really rules. You are absolutely right. I would say Halt is much closer to Mad Men than Breaking Bad is. And when people equate those two shows to each other, I highly disagree. And I think Halt, you would like Jill, if, if not Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Halt's like ladies doing a business together and learning to have a working relationship. It's really good. And Lee Pace is like a big, angry man who's very sad and has a lot of feelings. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Should we have led with that? Yeah, he makes a lot of really bad self-destructive decisions. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he looks hot doing it. He and Mackenzie Davis have a lot of toxic energy together. <laughs> okay, that that at least interests me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this has been uh, AMC Corner. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is an AMC Corner. Sorry, I just got a text from friend of the show, Michael Trayson, from um, the other room saying, what did you spoil? <laughs> <laughs> let, let him know. I did. <laughs> I'm 
sad. So uh, we have a Bonnie and Jeremy scene. Uh, Jeremy's like, hey, did you tell Elena that you're trying to die? She's like, no, and you will not be telling her either. Bonnie's like, so just get stitches. Shut the fuck up, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then he like storms off in a huff. Mm-hmm. After Elena shows up with her pudding cup. Yep. And Elena's like, what was that? <laughs> and Jeremy's a little bitch and runs away. And like we get an update. Jenna's still on campus. He's having to stay with John. I'm sure that's not ideal, which is what he says. But he <laughs> leaves. Yeah, it's, it's just poor Jeremy stuck in that home with John. Yeah, not great. <laughs> I'm guessing there's a lot of silent treatment. Mm-hmm. And like John tried to talk to him and Jeremy does, does not speak. I would assume, yes. I mean, because he can't go to Bonnie's home because so far, Bonnie doesn't have a home from what we can see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's certainly no set. And certainly never an issue that we complained about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry, the ranch on Bonnie's lack of home <laughs> will come soon. Oh, God. <laughs> so then Dana shows up and sees Elena and is like, hey, this is going to sound really weird, but this totally hot guy just asked me to ask you if you're going to the dance tonight. To which Bonnie <laughs> replies, tell him she has a boyfriend. Bonnie, like, pulling, like, the best friend card out immediately and just being like, she has a boyfriend. Go away, Dana. Which, by the way, this is the episode of Dana, you guys. Mm, Dana. Tiki could never. <laughs> Truly could never. Dana's like, but you should meet him. He's really hot. His name's Klaus. <laughs> then Bonnie's like, so where is he? And Dana says, I don't know. And Bonnie's like, so she's been compelled. <laughs> and Dana says, but he wants to know if you'll save him the last dance. How cute is that? The episode title. Dana said the episode title. This is Dana's show now. The Dana Diaries. <laughs> I love her. Top characters on the Vampire Diaries of all time. Dana. Andy Starr. Dana again. <laughs> Chad. Oh, I have stuff to say when Chad shows up. There's a line reading I'm very happy with. Anyways, at the Salvador boarding house, Seven, Damon, Bonnie, and Elena. They're all hanging out. They're like, okay, we're going to the dance. What's the plan? How are we going to find Klaus? You don't know what he looks like. Sorry, because you always need a plan when you go to a dance. We live in Mystic Falls. Yeah, you cannot fly into that thing blind. Damon says, something tells me he's not going to be 16 and pimply. <laughs> True. And then Stefan is like, gets in a little dig at Elena and Bonnie. Where he's like, guess school's not as safe as you thought, huh? I'm like, shut up, Stefan. <laughs> Get out of here, Stefan. So then who arrives but our favorite friend who's not at all possessed by, you know, some spirit of original vampire, Alaric. I was afraid you were about to throw in another spoiler right there, Morgan. I know. I got, I scared myself. I have like the yips now. <laughs> oh no. I was like, how are you about to describe him? I'm like, okay. I am like having a panic attack. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> LOL. Anyways, Damon's like, there you are, my friend with no prank element. And he's like, sorry, I'm late and damon's like you need to put me down as the chaperone for the dance tonight because klaus made his first move i want to talk about this briefly did alaric klaus do this did he talk to anyone to get damon instated as a chaperone or did he not do it i think he didn't do it i don't think he did it but like what happened last time that damon was quote unquote a chaperone i don't think he's ever ever been put on a goddamn list yeah i think he didn't do (laughs) shit which i think is really funny and it never was a problem i mean we'll get there but when alaric klaus is dancing like what kind of chaperone are you my favorite kind the best kind so they're like okay what's the plan and bonnie 
he's like, me. I'm the plan. He has no idea how powerful I am. So if you can find him, I can kill him. And then Alaric Klaus pops up and is like, well, I mean, he's pretty strong. So. <laughs> and I love Damon's like, he, he seems like he ain't shit. And Klaus keeps being like, this is how great he is. And they're all like, I feel like he ain't shit, basically. That scene fucking rules. It made me laugh so hard. But anyways, Damon's yeah. like, well, what if he tries this? And he like super speeds at Bonnie and she like immediately throws him across the room. She zoops him and... And it's hilarious. Yeah, she's like, I can take down anyone who comes at me. I can kill him, Elena. I know I can. And you're like, fuck, yeah, Bonnie rules. <laughs> Jill, obviously we know how things end here, but it was all a little plan. Do you think Bonnie can kill Klaus? I don't think so. I think she's... Uh-oh. I mean, as much as I love her, I think she's still not experienced enough. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like I said, she's the most powerful member of the team, but, like, she's still a very young witch. Yeah. Yeah. She's been practicing for less than a year. Yeah. It is through no fault of her own that she is not prepared for this. You get the impression, based on just the way everyone talks about them, like, Bennett witches are, like, the witch family. So, like, she has an advantage that way, but still, she's still got a lot to learn, baby. Yeah, it'd be cool if she had, like, some kind of other witch around who would be nice to her and uh, trustworthy and wouldn't allow her to learn more. Like her Cousin Lucy? Could be interesting to see that. <laughs> anyway, back at Alaric's apartment, Alaric Klaus is again dragging Rick's wardrobe. Rick dresses like he's on in the cast of Supernatural. Okay. <laughs> but like, he dresses fine. And <laughs> it all fits. Klaus does make basic, pretty much make that comment where he's like, oh, it, now it makes sense. <laughs> he's like, does this guy have anything vintage? And then he finds all of Alaric's crossbows and stuff and asks, who is this guy again? And Catherine's like, he's the local vampire hunter, which I love I love that that's how Catherine sees Alaric, the local <laughs> vampire hunter. Didn't really care to learn anything more. I mean, that's kind of mean. <laughs> she's like fucking thirsting over Matt Donovan, but she refuses to learn anything about Alaric Saltzman. There's a man right in front of you, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> But one thing Klaus is not disappointed in, Alaric's brown liquor uh, supplies that he has in his home. Yeah, guy likes his bourbon, according to Maddox. Uh-huh. Which, yes, because... He's a functioning alcoholic. Yes. <laughs> like, is this a spoiler? I can, I can say this. No, we can say it. Alaric's ultimate functional alcoholic. Okay, he's drinking bourbon at the grill while grading papers. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a drinker's choice. This is canon. So then Klaus and Maddox talk about what they're going to do to deal with Bonnie. And Maddox says, look, I can't can't do anything. She'll sense my magic. It needs to be you. And he's like, well, I'm in a fucking haggard history teacher's body. How would we do that? And Maddox is like, well, I can do a little bit of magic. And what we can do is that we can kind of provoke her to death, essentially. Just attack her and have her attack you back until it kills her. And I'll make sure with magic that your body lasts longer than hers a pretty solid plan. I was going to say, the, the actor who plays Maddox, by the way, he was a series regular on J-Lo's NBC show, Shades of Blue, mm. in which he honestly, he has that look. He played a DA apparently and not a cop, but like, and he becomes romantically involved with J-Lo's character. Like, he, he looks like a guy who becomes romantically involved with J-Lo. Wow. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. Oh, good for him. You're right? Shades of Blue, a show my mom likes. <laughs> my mom definitely watched it too. I never saw it. That's the, that's the only recommendation I have here. I mean, just a casual show with J-Lo and Ray Liotta and <laughs> it lasted three seasons, so there you go. Fuck yeah. I mean, the cast is kind of insane. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, again, it was a show with J-Lo. It was J-Lo, Ray Liotta, Andrea DeMatteo, and Warren Cole, who are like the main characters. I feel like I should have watched it. I know. What were we doing? <laughs> 
we were watching the Vampire Diaries for the eighth time. <laughs> Could have been watching something new, but not us. No. Nope. I gotta rewatch season two of the Vampire Diaries. Look where it got us. Look at us now. We're podcast famous, definitely. Yep. Oh my god. Uh, so then Caroline is in her outfit. She's in her pink Jackie O suit. It is so cute. It's a little morbid. It's very cute though. Maybe Jackie would have gotten award recognition if Candace Akala had played Jackie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love Jackie. You guys, Jackie's really good. But yeah, also, yeah, Justice for Jackie. Not like when we got robbed. Just she for Jackie. truly did. That movie slaps. I don't know if I can do it anymore, but I used to try to do an impression of her saying I love beauty all the time. And it's like, I love beauty. <laughs> I think about it a lot. Which just reminds me, there were no Isabel impressions on this podcast, and we thought there would be. I'm sorry, there weren't. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Elena. Um, I make her sound very creaky, like the Crypt Keeper, which is not <laughs> charitable or fair or accurate. <laughs> but anyway, Caroline's looking cute. Liz is like, oh, you're Jackie O. And Caroline says, duh. <laughs> I love her. Caroline can tell her mom is unwell and Liz lies and says it's just work stress. And Caroline says, well, you work too much. Then Matt shows up. Caroline calls him Mr. President. They're going to smooch. Holy shit. I'm, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. But okay, so I was about to praise Marguerite McIntyre, who plays Liz Forbes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I went to her Wikipedia real quick to double check some things. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I know how she got cast on the show, which is great. A great way she got cast. Mm-hmm. She was married to Marco Siega, like the main director for Vampire oh. Diaries from 1990 to 2000. Oh, wow. Okay. And I guess they remained friends in, in divorce. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Oh, good for her. Right? Good for all of us because she fucking rules and is like a pivotal part of this franchise because she is a writer. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, she transitioned into being a writer for these shows. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's like how she, like, she had a, a, like a decent acting career mm-hmm. too. Like, but, like, it was mostly like as a guest actress and stuff. Like, she, because she was in episode of Seinfeld, Two Guys and a Girl. She was in a few episodes, Veronica's Closet, oh, cool. uh, Allie McBeal, SVU, The Shield, The Practice, and yes like she was like did the fucking rounds yeah but she clearly got like this role because quote unquote because of marcos but like i hadn't i had no idea wow okay now we yeah, know. she's awesome but yeah i said that i have a holy shit moment oh wow okay yeah she's great and she's great in this scene because she and zach rorick are doing like so much very silently with like lots of looks at each other they leave and they're nervous to kiss in front of her like they all of that stuff and she tells them to have fun and uh, caroline says we will and it sucks my notes for the scene are, are in all caps Liz Forbes your daughter is a good girl Matt don't be spy my notes say Caroline innocent <laughs> Jill do you have any notes at all nothing <laughs> <laughs> In general, I'm like a very thorough note taker, and like this is even the, this, the key for my reviews. I like write all my notes by hand, so that's why I'm about to start a new vampire diary soon. Oh God, yeah, I know mine is also on its last legs. I mean, yeah, we're taking copious notes based on things like we've noticed, like after watching for the millionth time. Yeah. So like Jill might not notice some some things too because she's watching the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of. Uh, watching and not really taking notes <laughs> yeah i think you you will n- note or something or at least put in the chat something like that's really important but again yeah. you, you don't have to be the one to put in like the most copious notes obviously please don't worry you have not seen this five thousand times <laughs> 
So then Stefan and Elena are in Stefan's bedroom. She's looking for an outfit. She offers options uh, such as Twiggy or Sexy Hippie. She ultimately goes with Sexy Hippie, although I would have loved to see a montage of her trying on costumes. <laughs> Unfortunately, Vampire Diaries is not the show to do a montage of her trying on outfits, but um, if it were, it'd be great. Very sad for me. So Elena is sad and Stefan notices it and she explains that all this time worrying about Klaus, she kind of is like convinced herself that he's not real, but he is and Stefan's like well it's cool because we're gonna kill him tonight and they do a little <laughs> smooch and I'm like wow romantic but also it's less believable like in Masquerade when they're like we're gonna kill Catherine I feel like I believe that more than I believe they're gonna kill Klaus here yeah I'm like dummies they had a real plan in uh, Masquerade they don't have a real plan here it's a good plan yeah they didn't know she was gonna like get Lucy to make sure that uh, Elena got the stab too yeah oh god <laughs> how good was that <laughs> But anyways, Elena's like, I love you. And Stefan's like, tell me that when the night's over. And then they make out. And Damon's like, let's fucking go. I'm tired of watching this. Damon with like uh, multiple buttons on buttons. Good God. Yes. Uh, Damon's out. <laughs> then all caps in my notes. Decade dance. Yeah, that's when I put in the chat. Hello, Damo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I recall. So then at the decade dance, Alar Klaus is making his way through the crowd, heads over to Dana. Dana says, nice outfit, Mr. Saltzman. Totally far out. He dances his way to Dana. He's doing <laughs> like, a little dance. He's doing a little dance. And I'm like, well, you're a bad chaperone already. And maybe there's a little something between uh, Dana and Alari. <laughs> maybe. Does like Dana think that like Mr. Saltzman has a crush on her? Maybe Dana just has a little crush on Mr. Saltzman. I feel like that's more, far more likely. Oh no! Like, this version of Mr. Saltzman, mm -hmm. the way he is behaving, she might think, like, it's reciprocal now. <laughs> yeah, Dana might have questions later. <laughs> Anyways, he's like, who's your date? And her date's like, it's me, Chad, from third period. <laughs> Like, as if Alaric maybe couldn't possibly have seen through his costume. Like, he dressed up too good is the way Chad does that line reading. And I think that's <laughs> incredible. And even better is the way Matt Davis responds, Chad, of course. <laughs> I screamed. I love the idea that poor Klaus went, like, taught all of his history classes that he was supposed to. <laughs> and not just the one that had Elena in it. I would give so much money to watch all of the classes that Klaus taught that day. <laughs> Klaus needed to learn about, like, watching a movie. Like, he was never in school. He can't be like, you guys are watching a movie today. Like, he doesn't know about that. I, I do. I really do appreciate, like, uh, the aspect of Klaus, though, because he is, like, the oldest vampire. It's not even a matter of, like, having a vampire diary. It's like, of course he just, like, forgets important things that are happening, because, like, it's just gotten so monotonous. Yeah. He's like, I don't like the 60s. Why would I remember anything that happened in the 60s? Yeah, they all run together. He's old. So then outside, as they're walking in, Jeremy and Bonnie have a whole thing. He tries to give her his ring, which is very nice. But she's like, that won't work on me. It protects humans against supernatural deaths. It doesn't protect people who are supernatural. And she tells Jeremy, essentially, that there's like a 50-50 shot that she'll die tonight. There is a moment where I do feel really bad for Jeremy. He says, you know I don't have the best luck in the girlfriend department. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, this would be the third death. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Honestly, after the second draft, maybe he should have just stopped dating people. Maybe you're the problem, Jeremy. 
<laughs> uh, Jeremy, this is on you. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. Bice says, look, I can't explain it, but I can feel all the witches. I feel powerful. I know that I'm strong enough to do this. And then nearby, Demo shows up and they all walk in together. And uh, we get the impression that maybe he might have heard something. We all go to the dance. It's huge. It's big. The decor is great. Caroline did a great job. Caroline and Dana, just so you know. Dana helped. Dana did help. She has replaced Tiki, so now she does things. So Dana immediately hops up on stage and announces that there's a special shout out. This next song is for Elena, and it's from Klaus. Dun, dun, dun. I'm like, oh. Matt Davis looks so pleased with himself. This episode is a lot of Matt Davis looking pleased with himself. By this point, Jill, how are you feeling about Alaric Klaus? I loved him the second he was just boogieing on the dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! He's doing little like shoulder shimmies. He's grooving. Yeah, I was was like, okay, I'm into this. They've gotten Ian to dance. They've gotten Matt to dance. It's only a matter of time before Paul does the moonwalk. <laughs> he flipped Nina around at the 50s dance. That counts. I want him to go full tilt dancing wise. <laughs> so Damon's like, whatever, that was a cheap shot. Like, this is bullshit. Elena's looking around, but she like knows everybody here. So she's like, none of these people are new. Like, none of them can be Klaus. Ho, 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 Elena. How little you know. And they're like, well, maybe he just wants us to believe. So why don't we kind of like bless? And let him come to us. While this is happening, Last Kiss is playing, which is, of course, infamously about dying. Yep. <laughs> dying on prom night. Fun stuff. Hello, ladies, ladies, and token boys. A quick interruption from Morgan here. At this point in the podcast, I go on a big rant about Pearl Jam. Don't ask why or how. Some of you will be happy to know it has been cut out and turned into a mini episode. That way we spare any Pearl Jam fans, which I assume are called Pearl Jammers, any possible discomfort. We will splice in the ending of it just really quick. That way you don't miss any of the episode summary. So bye, and as always, I'm sorry. Anyways. Uh, David and, uh, sorry, uh, Jesus Christ, Jeremy and Bonnie go dance. And Jeremy's like, I don't want to dance. Bonnie's like, too bad. Morgan, I have to tell you one more Pearl Jam fun fact. Please. So Yellow Leadbutter was a B-side on the Jeremy single. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) As I've said, I quit the podcast. (laughs) After this, I just have to summarize this one last episode. (laughs) David finds his buddy Alaric, and Alaric Claus says, special dedication, huh? This guy's a little twisted. <laughs> and David says, I'm not impressed. <laughs> uh, also, Klaus uh, saying twisted? It's not the Klaus I know. Not the Klaus I know either. I screamed. <laughs> twisted. God, who's he, the Joker? <laughs> Joker's trick. <laughs> I am excited for real Klaus. I mean, I, I love a Laura Klaus, but I, I am excited for real Klaus. Oh my God. Yes. I love both. I, I cannot wait for Klaus. It's going to roll. Jill's going to lose her mind. <laughs> Anyways, David's like, let me know if you see anything out of whack. And he leaves and thus begins everyone dancing together and me melting. Do I think we're alone now, by the way. Would you, do you have any problem with that song? No. Do you have any problem with Tiffany? I have zero problems with Tiffany. Problems were all with Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy spoken last day. See, not it's not a good song. It's not a good song. It's not my favorite Pearl Jam song. I know. I'm sorry. It is at the bottom of the list for me. 
This isn't productive. I'm sorry. I was actually listening to a lot of Pearl Jam the other day. Again, while I was working on my spec. So, well, and that like makes when sense. Jeremy came on, I skipped it. Hell yeah. It's a shit song. <laughs> okay. Okay, now we can talk about a good scene. Okay, so Stephanie and Elena are dancing together. After we we have Damo dancing with his dancers. Good God, yeah. Then he like spins her and Damon grabs her. This is the best thing that's ever happened. Uh, can anyone prove me wrong? Uh, I think Jill loved it. Uh, yeah, I cannot prove you wrong there. That is the best moment in this episode by far. <laughs> I think, like, honestly, if Tyler were part of this whole dance thing that going on you would like die right jill yeah it's it's almost a good thing that he was not here for this um for my own sanity yeah he would definitely dance with his best friend elena yeah 100 <laughs> percent. there's like a gif and i will find it of the like transition of her dancing with Stefan to her dancing with damon and it's a it's a great image it's a great captured image god i about died when i saw this for the first time i was so excited i wanted elena and damon to be together so badly <laughs> they're all really hot guys so damon and Elena have a little conversation because Elena's kind of freaking out and Damon's like come on last decade dance vampires were all ah and you were all ah but we figured it out she was like all ah but also remember she broke a mop in half with her knee it ruled <laughs> but Elena seems to really enjoy dancing with Damon uh, she says you're good at this and he says I've got moves you've never seen and they dance Jill did this um, uh, revive anything for you it sure did you guys I am back on the Elena Damo train. Um, were you off it? I thought you were simultaneously on both that and the, the Tyler train, the Trevino train. Yeah, yeah, but Tyler was taking up a lot of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I'm missing. I'm like, oh, right, yeah, I, I need this. Um, you can return to your first love. Yes. However... <laughs> then the Bonnie Damo dance happens. <laughs> and, um... Uh, I want that real bad. Oh, we will get there. We'll get there. And then we'll also talk about being upset with the fandom there too. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So then we go over to Caroline and Matt. They're trying to dance. Matt is like, but I'm a bad dancer. And Caroline's like, I know better than that. And makes him dance. Matt's having trouble keeping the lie up. Mm-hmm. But he like, he's like, you look really pretty. And she seems really touched. And Stefan cuts in and we get some Stefan and Caroline dancing. Team Stefan's in the house. Fuck. They're looking good at each other. (laughs) I love them. Uh, Stefan tells Caroline that Klaus is here, tells her to keep an eye out, and they're just looking at each other, and it's nice. They're good at looking. I agree. As as a Team Stefan representative for this uh, Caroline uh, triangle, that's not really even a triangle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting points on the board with that. <laughs> Great. Then Damon cuts in with Jeremy and Bonnie and And we all melt. We all melt. It becomes clear that he overheard her conversation with Jeremy. And he's like, So the 50-50 thing, is that true? And Bonnie says, he was upset. I didn't want him to worry. And Damon's like, Alright, because so you'll lay it out on the line for Elena no matter what. And she says, No matter what. And Damon says, Good. Bonnie says, You can't tell her, and he says, Of course, but isn't there any way to like increase your odds? And it's such a good moment because he's like genuinely asking and really cares and just seems to think she's cool. Like it's so nice. And Bonnie says, careful, Damon, I might start to think you actually care. Mm -hmm. He says, we wouldn't want that. Dang. And 
not only is uh, Ian and Kat's chemistry fire, honestly, just fucking fire. Yes. They are probably the best dancing pair there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They look really good together. This moment rules. I wish they would explore this more often. Yeah. So watching the Vampire Diaries and not being part of fandom, but like being aware of fandom, I would see people often ship Bonnie with people who fucking suck worse than Jeremy Jill, actually. And like, it's just like, why are, why are we doing this? But then if there was ever a discussion of Bonnie demo shipping, that's when the, the, the racism jumped out, uh, essentially. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they clearly have chemistry. Yeah. To the point where if they were interact and that chemistry would be noted, certain people would basically try to discredit it or the Bonnie character pretty much just to, to make sure it couldn't stop a demo from getting with Elena, of course, because Elena is pure and white and Bonnie is not. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Don't like that. We continue to be against racism. This, uh, this is continues <laughs> to be an anti-racism podcast. They could say it was not racism, but uh, you know, like the verbiage they used, it was definitely Oh, fuck. Oh. Sucks. I was not very involved in this fandom. I think because a lot of the time it seemed pretty intense and I didn't want to fight anybody. Uh, unlike mm. now where I want to fight everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was definitely not part of the fandom. Because, like this definitely still during my Tumblr days. So like I would be interacting with my friends who, and we were all watching Vampire Diaries, obviously. Yeah. But like I, I would see what was happening in the fandom. I'm like, no, thank you, please. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I got my fill by uh, talking to my friends who liked the show. Yeah. Instead of talking to people who might be mean to me online. <laughs> but dang, dang, they're, they're right here. Where were we? Uh, oh, oh, Elena and Jeremy have like a little interaction and Jeremy like runs away and is like, I'm fine. He's, he goes off in a huff like he always does. That's the, the Jeremy special, going off in a huff. Yeah, and Ugh. Elena's like, seems like my brother's not well. So Stefan's like, cool, I'll go talk to him instead of you doing it. Remember when Stefan slapped Jeremy? Yes, I do, fondly. Don't hit children. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're an anti-hitting children podcast. So basically, like, Jeremy can't take it anymore. He tells Stefan, channeling all the energy to kill Klaus will kill Bonnie. And she's hiding it from Elena. And, you know, I don't know what to do. I feel very caught in the middle. I don't want my sister to die. I don't want my girlfriend to die. Obviously, that's a shitty position. I feel bad for that, even though uh, Jeremy's not always my favorite boy. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to figure a lot of ways to do this. Like, Jeremy is easy to dunk on. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think any of us, like, hate him so much. Like, it's not like an Isabel or John situation where we're like, just go die. You know? I do not wish Jeremy ill. I, I've no, I, I don't want him to have bad things happen to him. He is so out of his depth. Even though it really does help that he is in the know. Yeah. It's just good for him and his life. Yes. But, like, he's not on an equal level with, unfortunately, any of his peers. Like, in theory, these are all his peers like he's just not on an equal level with them he doesn't really have much to bring to the table and that's the problem like he's largely just there to like support and counsel people and Mm. you just feel like you wish there was something he added 
to the gang. The problem is his support and counsel is basically trying to stop someone who is like the ace up their sleeve, like the powerful person in the group from doing the powerful person thing. Mm-hmm. Which like, I mean, obviously, I, much like Jeremy, I uh, have no desire for Bonnie to die. But yes, Bonnie can never die. Because uh, <laughs> if she does, we can go on a rant about racism yet again. Yeah, I'll riot. So like, it's weird to agree with someone, someone's point and still not be very sympathetic towards them. Yes. And without spoiling it, uh, Morgan, <laughs> the more I think about a future person in Bonnie's life, the more I like that person. Yeah, Compared you do. To, to Jeremy. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, yeah, join this team. Yeah, baby. We're waiting for you. <laughs> I mean, but that person's also, my biggest problem is that, that person is dumber than Damon. Jill, there will be a person dumber than Damon joining the show eventually. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Yes. It absolutely is, Jill. He's very dumb. <laughs> like, think about how bad Damon is at planning, and then, like, multiply that by a hundred. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a special boy. So then, gosh, this is hard, because everybody is just, like, running up to groups of people during this dance. It's a little hard to keep track of everything that happens. It's like it's like a dance, honestly. They, they capture the spirit of an actual dance, but, like, elevated the stakes. Yes, of a school dance where, like, various clusters of your friends are rotating and joining other clusters and everybody's mad. Yeah, it does feel like a school dance. Yeah. So anyways, Stefan is like, what the fuck, Damon? You didn't say that Bonnie, like, you know, was going to maybe die. And Damon's like, fuck, of course Jeremy told you and now you've told Elena. He's like, yeah, because we said no more secrets. And Damon's like, I don't give a fuck. I changed my mind. I'm not abiding (laughs) by that deal I made with a child anymore. A day ago. It's been a day. Yeah, now (laughs) is the I think we're alone now. And uh, Stefan interrupts Damo's dancing with his dance. Which we love. <laughs> so Elena and Bonnie get into it outside, away from everybody else. Again, a very high school dance move. Yeah. She's like, why wouldn't you tell me this? And Bonnie's like, because of what's happening now. <laughs> and Elena's like, well, let's just find another way because I don't want you to die to save my life. And Bonnie's like, I have the power to do it though. And if I don't use it and something happens to you, like that will kill me so much. And, uh, you know, they are locked in that battle. And Bonnie's like, if the situation's reversed, you do it for me. So you get why I have to do it. And yeah, they are not c- reaching a consensus here. They're not. Um, in the chat, I, I call this Elena versus Bonnie, a fight for the ultimate D. <laughs> which you said, the battle for the D. The B for the D. <laughs> yeah, pretty good chat. Pretty good chat. Yeah. <laughs> then Jeremy gets into a boy fight with some guys who are clearly like compelled to pick a fight with him. Chad and his boys. Hell yeah. Don't mess with Chad and his friends. <laughs> Stefan and Damon uh, stop the fight and then the boys pull out like weapons that are clearly <laughs> Alaric and start shooting them. And Damon's like, well, yes, uh, Klaus sent you. Klaus has armed children. That's the Klaus I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jill, based on the Klaus that we know and the Klaus we don't know, what picture are you getting of Klaus? I think I'm going to be obsessed with him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Jill, Jill, Jill. You, Jill, you don't even know. (laughs) So then Stefan has to convince Damon to not kill children. (laughs) And it barely works. So he's compelled, so? (laughs) He goes, so this whole thing's like part of a plan. Go find Bonnie and Elena. He's like, but I want to kill this kid. Oh, I want (laughs) to. They're stupid. I love them. So then Alaric Klaus approaches Elena and is like, hey, Klaus has Jeremy, so you gotta come over here. (laughs) 
the girls fall for it because of course they do. It's their friend telling yeah. them this. Elena realizes something's not right way too late. Mm-hmm. And she says it out loud. Yeah, I'm like, keep that to yourself. So they're like, wait, where the fuck's Jeremy? And then Alaric Klaus stops walking and he's like, sorry, I just had to get away from the dance. The 60s, well, not my decade. And he says, I mean, whose call was that anyway? I much prefer the 20s. The style, the parties, the jazz. If only he would give a Damien Chazelle inspired white man jazz speech right now, but he doesn't very sad. Everyone, everyone put that in your vampire diaries. He much prefers the 20s. (laughs) He loves jazz. (laughs) He's a big fan of jazz. Klaus, the jazz man himself. (laughs) That's the Klaus I know. So Elena's like, Alaric, are you on for Bane? And he's like, why would you ask me that question? She's like, fuck, he's being compelled. And he's like, no, 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 try one more time. And Elena is very confused. And he's like, well, I'll give you a hint. I am not Alaric. (laughs) It rules. Elena puts two and two together and she makes four and it is worrying. And he's like, don't worry, Elena, I'm not here to hurt you. You're not on my hit list tonight. And he looks at Bonnie and says, but you are. And then the fight begins. <laughs> yeah. Klaus is like, I'm Frank Sinatra this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we go. So they start fighting. It rules. Basically, Klaus is like, look, if you kill this body, I'll get a new one. Maybe Jeremy. And I'm like, please, I don't want to see that. Oh, actually, I kind of want to see that. Like, morbid curiosity. I want to see... Stephen Harbour Queen playing Klaus. I would want to see it, but only in an episode where everyone has to play Klaus. (laughs) I want everyone to be Klaus. That's the kind of thing that a show like Legend of Tomorrow would do, which is, Mm -hmm. again, my plug to watch Legend of Tomorrow, people. It also, to me, feels like a Legacies move. Yes. Uh, I mean, Legacies is the Legends of Tomorrow of the Vampire Diaries universe. It really is. I love it so much. As I was saying... Alaric threatens to get a new body, says maybe it'll be Jeremy. Then Damon and Elena run into each other, and Elena explains, like, Klaus is in Alaric's body. He's possessing him. Damon sends her off to go find Stefan. Then we have a Damon and Bonnie scene where Damon's like, all right, can you kill him? And Bonnie says, well, no, he's got, like, a protection spell. And Damon says, okay, well, you have the power of, like, a hundred witches. Break it. But Bonnie says, I'm trying, but if I kill Alaric, he'll possess someone else. The element of surprise is gone, and he's trying to kill me. And Damon says, Klaus doesn't get to win tonight. Are you still willing to do whatever it takes? And we cut away. And it's Bonnie. Mm -hmm. You know she is. Yeah. So I feel like originally I was a person who did not understand Bonnie Damon shipping Mm -hmm. in general. As much as I love both of them, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, well, he's a fucking, he's he's Damon. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's a murderer. Yeah. But now I'm just like, do a little kiss. Just like, well, just like a little kiss. <laughs> so like, well, yes. like, what if you say we, we do the plan and then uh, you do a little kiss to end, end the act? Yeah. Look, you know what? It's a good plan. A little smooch. Jill, do you agree a, a good plan is a little smooch? Always. That's never a bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> Despite Jill writing the season of television, if Jill truly had her way, <laughs> there would be an orgy to end the season, <laughs> excluding Jeremy, by the way. <laughs> excluding Jeremy. Jeremy's not invited. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy, you're not invited to the end of season two orgy. (laughs) But Tyler has to come back first. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Make sure he's here. So Elena runs into Caroline on the dance floor and Caroline helps her find Stefan. But she and Matt remain 
pretty much on the outside of this plan. Because yes, yes, Matt's pretending he is compelled to not know that shit's going down in general. So he's just like, what's going on? She's like, you know, normal stuff. Yeah, drama. <laughs> so Alaric and Bonnie kind of like face off and he gives her the like easy way or the hard way thing. And she just does a spell and breaks his fucking hand and it rules. So she just like starts throwing him around and he's like, oh, you're going to kill your favorite history teacher? And she says, it's what Alaric would want and he'd want you to suffer first. Yeah. It's also kind of crazy how many serious scenes on the show take place like right in front of or at least near the cold drinks uh, vending machine. (laughs) Well, that's where they get their cold drinks. I I believe season three, though, is when the Fruitopia vending machine appears. (laughs) That's a free for all. I will say a lot of crazy things on Riverdale also happen in front of their like vending machines in their high school common room. Uh, I love teens. I love the teens. So Bonnie starts getting a nosebleed and Alaric taunts her. It is like, is that all you got? And Bonnie says, let's find out. So Stefan is trying to save Bonnie and Damon's being cryptic. He's like, you have to let her do this. Then we go back to the fight. I mean, because yeah, he couldn't tell them what the actual plan is right now mm-hmm. because Klaus would have heard because yeah. there's no way he's not like using his like, super hearing while he's doing this, just in case. Yeah. But to be fair to Stefan and Elena. Damon has very little credibility. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should have written an angry note like uh, Alaric did in the dinner party. Oh, uh, yes, please. Should have ripped open some kid's locker, yanked out their spiral notebook, and written in Sharpie, I have a plan, <laughs> but it's good this time. <laughs> I promise. (laughs) Yep. So yeah, Alark, Klaus, and Bonnie have this magic fight. Shit's flying around the room. Sparks are flying everywhere. Bonnie bars the door. It's really like scary to see how much uh, Bonnie is bleeding from the face. She looks like it's like really taking it out of her. Elena like watches through the like glass portion of the door and Bonnie like falls to the ground dead. She just like stiffens suddenly in this like very upsetting unnatural pose and then slumps to the ground and it's really scary and Elena cradles her limp body and suddenly Alaric Klaus is missing and Elena has to watch her friend die it's it's heartbreaking Bonnie is exerting so much energy during the scene and Alaric Klaus while he's getting like bones broken like he's really not and he's just readjusting it too Mm -hmm. it's clearly an uneven matchup. Yeah. Elena's begging Stefan to like give her some blood or to do anything to fix what's happened and Stefan just kind of says that it's too late and that he's sorry and Elena breaks down and Nina's really good in the scene. It is so sad. Damon shows up and says he'll deal with the body and that they should get Elena out of here. She does not take kindly to that. Damon's like, the sheriff can't know about it. The last thing we need is another mysterious death. And Elena just yells, this is Bonnie. It makes me so sad because it's just like, it's like they aren't acting like it's different. And this is hugely different. This is a member of their team. Also, it was bad when they killed people who weren't uh, members of their team. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, yes. But like, Stefan literally has to pick up Elena's limp body to to get her to move. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Elena's remembering. She's like, oh my God, Jeremy. Like, what are we going to do about Jeremy? Like, she's screaming and crying and Damon promises to find Jeremy. And outside, Damon puts Bonnie's body in his trunk and sees Jeremy coming over. And he's like, where's Elena? Where's Bonnie? And David says, we need to have a little talk. And we cut away. And it's just like everyone who's watched this, I assume has watched TV before. So they're wondering if this death's going to take because, you know, it's a supernatural show. They definitely played it like it would take. They did it. 
every step kind of necessary. Like the putting her in the trunk, that kind of suggested, yeah. I would agree. <laughs> and I just want to say, Nina is very, I just want to note, she's very good at playing Elena panicking, mm-hmm. which is something she does here and something we'll see in the future. It's just every time Elena has to panic, because honestly, if you're in the situation at her age, she'd be panicking a lot more than she does. <laughs> but she's a very rational person. So when she like kind of spirals like that, it means a lot more. Yeah. I mean, she is always a person who's very composed. Like I think both Elena and Catherine tend to have that in common. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elena is someone who like says what she means, means what she well, says. Yeah. Like uh, Elena actually panics, whereas for the most part, when we see Catherine, she's pretending to panic, except for moments like when, you know, sh- she's in the Lara Klaus's place and she's trying to escape and then it's like, nope. Yeah. Oh, God. It makes me uh, so fucking sad. So, Jill, I know you were not fully fooled at this point, but how are you feeling? I, I mean, because I wasn't necessarily fooled, I wasn't feeling much. I was just like, I thought she was going to open her eyes in the trunk and then she didn't. And I was like, oh, maybe they're going to like <laughs> stretch this one out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, I was relieved that it wasn't real, even though I had a feeling it wasn't, Mm -hmm. just because I feel like she's such an asset to the show. Yeah, she's the best. They they also need a witch, so... I mean, there are apparently white man witches around now, so. Yeah. True. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they needed witches, they killed the other two witches they knew. <laughs> then we're back at the Salvatore house. Elena is, like, pretty inconsolable. She's in shock. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's, like, convinced this is all her fault. And Stefan's like, no, 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 this was Klaus. Like, Klaus did this, not you. Damon shows up, and Elena is pissed. She's like, what'd you do with her? Damon just looks at Stefan and says, will you please calm her down? And she's like, don't talk to me like I'm not standing in front of you. Like you knew what was going to happen. And Damon admits it. He's like, yeah, I did know. And she slaps him in the face. It rules. (laughs) Jill? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yes. More of that. Very hot. Very correct to do. (laughs) A mood. (laughs) So Damon's like, you have to fucking listen to me. Bonnie had to die. We weren't prepared for Klaus to like have stolen Alaric's body. He wasn't going to stop and we weren't going to be able to stop him until he knew she was dead and he had to believe it. Then we cut to the old witch house. Bonnie's on the floor. There's a bunch of candles around her. She comes to. She and Jeremy, they embrace they laugh. All's well. <laughs> and then some product placement happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, my fucking favorite. So Damon's like explaining, like, she cast a spell. She's fine. And Stefan's like, well, you could have said something to me. And he's like, well, you would have fucking told Elena. Yeah, as he did when uh, Jeremy told him that B wanted the D. Yeah. So <laughs> Stefan's really mad about what Damon has put Elena through. Which, you know, were I in Stefan's situation, if some hot lady vying for, who is my sister, was vying for Michael's affections and tried to pull some shit like this. I wouldn't be pleased either. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know the situation where this would happen? So you're a Lady Stefan. Yeah. And that's... you have a sister who's a Lady Damon. Mm-hmm. And Michael is a Lena? I mean, this is the way it would shake out if I'm trying to put myself in these people's shoes. <laughs> okay, um, who are we casting as your sister? Mm-hmm. Who's um bad girl hot me um (laughs) anyone uh any white brunette um (laughs) realizing this is maybe a bad idea it's Leighton Meester (laughs) and you know what I'd tell her I'd tell her take him (laughs) I'd tell her I have no business fighting you (laughs) 
do whatever you want. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry about this tangent. Michael and I are both fully in love with Lane Meester. She is the only thing getting us through the quarantine. <laughs> Via yeah. Gossip Girl and Single Parents. Yeah. Um, wow. Rip to both. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm trying to talk about is like their arguments and whose side we're on. Uh, Leighton Meester's side, obviously. I mean, I'm on Leighton Meester's side, but whether you're team Stefan or Damon in this argument, where Stefan's like, what the fuck? You put her through this tonight. That's not okay. And Damon says, look, that's why I didn't tell you. You wouldn't have been able to do it. I don't mind being the bad guy. I'll make all the life and death decisions while you're busy worrying about collateral damage. I'll even let her hate me for it. But at the end of the day, I'll be the one that keeps her alive. Mm-hmm. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Jill's in the game. So your team demo here. Um, I guess. I mean, I feel like they both have decent, valid points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both right mm-hmm. in yeah. this instance. I think Damon did the right thing with the time and resources he had. He did the right thing, but he also gave Elena PTSD. Yeah, like he could stand to not be an asshole about it. Yeah, stop pretending you're so cool and you don't care. We all know you care, like, and you're not cool. You're a dweeb. But he's a dweeb in leather pants. He could have just told Elena the truth immediately once he came into the house (laughs) instead of being a dick about it. Yeah, like he's just an asshole. He's like, shut this bitch up. Tell her to calm down. Her friend died in front of her. It's like, why don't you calm her down by telling her the truth, you dummy? Yeah, you have the ability to do that. You've already fucked up by losing the Moonstone. Maybe not be a dick right here. Truly. But also, again, his scene with Stefan is great. Oh yeah, it's fucking rules. Like, this is great. This is good conflict. I'm really into this fight. I think it's great. And I, mm-hmm. I struggle with the idea of, like, whose point of view here is better. And I'm, I'm kind of interested in talking about it like I just like think I don't know like that that's that's an easy thing for Damon to say because he's not her boyfriend he doesn't mm-hmm. actually have to live with the damage that he causes yeah in the way that Stefan does mm-hmm. and this I guess maybe is probably the perfect time for me to talk about why I was at least not at this point I'm not gonna be like of course I'm team Damo mm-hmm. because like it's it's kind of um as a fan of Lucifer, I would say it's a Lucifer thing where it's to the point where like, what would being this this uh, normal person's boyfriend look like? Like Damon is not in a, a, a level where like he's going to go like to the movies with Elena or like ha- have a nice dinner with her at the grill. How could I possibly ship them when he's not anywhere near a level he needs to be in a relationship? Which is like in the Lucifer, it's like he's the devil and he's like debaucherous and I understand shipping them but like why are you thinking like getting so upset when like they did other people? It's like, well, he's the devil and he's not changed enough to be like they should be happily ever after yeah like damon as is is not ready to date elena i was like of course i support stefan and elena because stefan at least is in a place where he can date someone normal yeah yeah and damon is not that's just the fact of it jill (laughs) see this is why i'm single because (laughs) i would go for the wrong one (laughs) <laughs> no, I th- no. but at the same time, I think Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, is kind of like the exception to this rule because, like, sure, like Buffy and Angel, like they went on dates, but like it never ended well. <laughs> they went to see a movie and it ended up being like porn, basically. <laughs> so, like, I never worried with her and her dating a vampire. Like, that was never my problem with Spike. So it was never like, mm-hmm. but like, what would dating Buffy be like? Because like, dating Buffy is just weird, no matter who, whether you're a human or a vampire. Yeah, anyway, dating so, like, Buffy's a shit show. Yeah, so like that was never my problem there. But like, I understand Damon's feelings for her. Mm-hmm. But like he is not ready 
to date Elena anyway, which is again why I say like people like Rose and Andy are necessary for his development anyway. Yeah, he is learning like through these relationships. They're so, so crucial for him to be even like remotely ready to be with Elena in any kind of a real way. Yeah. Yeah. Now we move on to a scene that has my favorite product placement in the entire <laughs> show. Uh, sorry, Bing. Uh, AT&T has taken over. Bonnie has come back from the dead. Jeremy watched that happen. Bonnie knows everyone in her life that she cares about who's her friend thinks she's dead. And now Jeremy takes something out of his bag. What is it? It's MiFi. If we're going to be stuck here, then we might as well have internet. I love this so much. It is such a terrible moment for this. It's uh, terrible. And they use it so that like, you know, Jeremy can make a Skype call for Bonnie and Elena and they can see each other. MiFi is not a thing anyone's ever said. It's like, it's just a fucking hotspot. But AT&T branded MiFi. So there you go. Good stuff. So Bonnie's like, you don't have to stay down here with me. And Jeremy's like, I'm not letting you out of my sight. Why? <laughs> creep. <laughs> Get a job. Leave her alone. It's a real Jeremy spoke in class today situation, right, Morgan? He spoke in class. I didn't care for it. So Elena and Bonnie Skype. Elena and Bonnie Zoom. Quarantine vibes aplenty. Also, they're Skyping because it, there's no Zoom yet. But it feels- they might be touting. Do you know about, oh, Morgan, do you know about tout? What's tout? Tout was like a pre-Vine situation that like WWE super invested in. And they had like wrestlers touting and everything. Like Diana Bryan would make fun of it all the time. And it like failed spectacularly. Oh, God. They got all into it, whereas like Vine became the actual thing. Mm. There was a whole year of just like a lot of touting. Again, it's it, it was it was good just for Daniel Bryan mocking it constantly. He still mocks it to this day. <laughs> If there's a YouTube exclusive, he's like, I'm here exclusively on tout. <laughs> so Bonnie and Elena have a tearful reunion. They're really happy. Elena seems fine now. <laughs> She's like, it's fine. David explained it all. So then David and Elena have a little scene together where David's like, look, Klaus had to think she was dead. Your reaction had to be real. And she's like, no, I get it. And he's like, cool. So here's to duplicity. They're getting a lot of mileage out of uh, Damon's bedroom, by the way, that mm-hmm. new set. They're really using the new sets, baby. It's so nice, though. Like when you're so sick of watching footage on the same like three sets when there's a new one, it's so exciting. I mean, I, I really do like the contrast between Damon and Stefan's room too. Oh, yeah. And I love, I mean, and I, I mean that less for for myself because I was very happy with all the sets and more like when I was on shows and when we'd suddenly get a new location, it felt so shiny and new. <laughs> but yeah, I love Damon's room. So Elena's like, look, we got one thing to get straight. Bonnie's not going to die for me. I'm not letting that happen. Yeah. She says, we'll find another way. Damon's like, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and Elena apologizes for hitting him, which is nice because, you know, let's not hit people. And Damon says, look, if it comes down to you and the witch again, I will gladly let Bonnie die. I will always choose you. And that hits Elena pretty hard. It's a callback to how none of the girls will ever choose him. Mm-hmm. Both uh, Catherine and Elena are like, never choose you. Yeah. And then Elena says, good night. And they say good night. And they look at each other. And they look at each other's faces. And dang, 
it's there, guys. <laughs> and then she goes down to the basement. And does something really smart. <laughs> and she undaggers Elijah and just sits down yes. and waits. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The king is back. I don't think Jill was happy, not because she's anti-Elijah, but because she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't see how that's going to end well for anyone. Elijah will be awake and that uh, is good for me. Definitely good for me. I guess, it, were I Elena, I guess she's like, she's looking for any kind of leverage or any kind of edge against Klaus. I think that would keep them from having to sacrifice Bonnie, which I think that's a fair enough resource. Yeah. Elijah, I've missed him. It's, it's not been that long, but I still miss him. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. And uh, that's all we'll say because uh, I don't want Morgan to fuck it up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jill, do you want to rank your characters? Yes, we have some some changes in the <gasps> ranking. Rankings changes. Changes ranking in the ranking. Changes. All right. Number five. Number five. Caroline. <gasps> That's low, baby. That is low for her. Um, number four. Back on the board, we have Bonnie. <laughs> Yeah! Wow, that's low for her as well. I mean, that is low for her, but still, I'm back. I'm glad to see she's back. Wow, the patriarchy's really taking over your rankings, hasn't it, Jill? Oh God, I know. Isn't that unfortunate? <laughs> but does that mean you know who my number three is? Who's number three, Jill? Who's number three? It is Klaus Rick. However, you want to put it. You want to say Alaric Klaus? Alaric Alar. Oh my God, I can't say that. Alaric Klaus. Alaric Klaus also. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, And then top two, still the same. We have Damo and then Tyler. (laughs) Tyler, again, not here. That's okay. He's in my heart, still as number one. No one has beat him yet. Good God. Amazing. So as an update from last time, that means Caroline has moved down two spots. Bonnie is ranked, whereas last week she was unranked. Alaric has, in a way, moved up one spot since he was four last week. But really, it's Klaus. But really, it's more of a Klaus thing, so it's kind of a new ranking. And Damo and Tyler remain in their same positions as before. I love the ranking section. (laughs) It's uh, a highlight of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you enjoy it. You never know what's going to happen, even when you know what's going to happen. <laughs> Every time, it's a revelation for me. Once Tyler leapt up, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a, that's a moment I'll never forget. <laughs> Listen, I love a werewolf. <laughs> and I love that for you. Crush time? Is it crush time, baby? Crush uh, I think time. it might be crush time. You guys go first. Latoya. Okay, I'll go. Uh, so my crushes are, I'm going to say Catherine mm. and Alaric Klaus. Hell yeah. <laughs> Mine are the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> I love Catherine so much, guys. She's such a bitch. Her outfit at the top of 217 fucking rules. <laughs> she is so cool. She is so mean. Step on me. And Alara Klaus, <laughs> basically all of the same things. <laughs> and then mine are allow. Oh, I can't say it. Oh my god. Alaric Klaus. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and then Damo and Bonnie <laughs> dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see Hell that. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I feel like I should tell you titles of the next two episodes to get you amped, Jill. Hell yeah. Let's do it. So episode 19 is titled Klaus. Okay. <laughs> and episode 20 is called The Last Day. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ominous. Yep. <laughs> they're they're good ones. The next episode, Klaus, written by Kevin Williamson and Julie Pluck. Oh, so it's going to be good. Yeah, it's just going to be going down, baby. Mm-hmm. 
It's going down for real. (laughs) (laughs) And we might see some Tyler in these episodes. I'll let you know. God, I hope so. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe we'll see Tyler. Maybe not. (laughs) Oh, my boy. (laughs) May I spoil one more thing? (laughs) I mean, yeah. It wouldn't be as big as the one you did drop. Next episode, quite a few flashbacks. Oh, no. <laughs> Trying to brace yourself a little bit. Oh no. I think these you might like a little bit more because they'll have a lot of new material rather than rehashings yeah. of things we already know. They'll explain a lot of things you probably need to know, actually, and should write it down in your vampire diary. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't want you to not know. Thank you for the warning. <laughs> I do this because I care. <laughs> the last four episodes yeah we got these two coming up and then two after that and then we're done with season two baby fuck oh wow yeah yeah didn't it seem so daunting and now we're almost done (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're about to start season three and do you have any predictions for season three no nothing (laughs) i have no idea um i think that someone is gonna show up that you guys like who chops fingers i don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) you just think there are more finger choppers besides Catherine? Yeah. I'm just gonna let you know three rules. <laughs> yeah. Three is actually really great. I don't know. I feel like I just kind of rewatch season two a lot, so I don't rewatch season three as much, but like season three is actually fucking great, so I'm excited to revisit it. I rewatch three a lot, so. Ooh. I mean, you would think I rewatch season three a lot considering who's introduced. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't because I don't know. One, three, and six are my my guys. Uh, I think one, two, three, six. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna add extra. <laughs> Four, um, I mean, we got this before is the season that makes me just like really mad. Yep. <laughs> Jill, you'll get to hear me get very angry on the show for the first time. Because I've, I've never gotten really angry on the show, but I will get very angry on the show. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Bring it on. <laughs> it won't be fun. <laughs> it won't. It's going to be a bummer, but we're going to we're gonna do our best and we're going to try to make it a productive conversation as well if we can. Yes, I'm going, to tr- I'm going to try to rewatch season four as objectively as humanly possible. Yes. And I think having a new person always helps that because you get to see it through someone else's eyes for the first time. Yes. Maybe you can give us a new perspective on things I fucking hate. Mm-hmm. Some things I fucking hate. Some things that I hate, I will not budge on. <laughs> All right, gang. I think that's it for us. Should we Should we plug? I think we should plug. On Twitter, which is where I am, I'm not on Instagram, you can find me at LaFergs. And of course, you can find this podcast on Twitter. And we are available wherever podcasts are found. And um, if you're looking for, to know what I'm writing, again, I will just promote that on Twitter anyway. So You can find me on Twitter.com at Lorgan Mudich. I don't know. I post silly stuff on there. I, I, think, yeah, I, think, it, I think it's a fun time. <laughs> And you can find me on Twitter at Jobo Baggins with two I's instead of two L's. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just a reminder, this is a non-spoiler podcast for the most part. Mm-hmm. So as much as you want to be excited about the show, remember not to accidentally spoil things for Jill mm-hmm. because that will be fun. And that's not an insult to you. I'm just like, reminding <laughs> people because now that, no, 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 now that we've actually like started airing episodes, I don't want people to accidentally spoil things. Yes, please don't. And don't be like me because let me tell you right now, it feels so shit. <laughs> no. Again, there's one thing, Morgan, you know, there's one thing I want to post on Twitter because I always want to post it on Twitter and I can't for so many seasons until Jill finally sees it. And once she does, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth the wait. And once she does, I'm going to post it on Twitter every single day of my life. Hell yes. <laughs> yes. So guys, until next time, just keep enjoying Alaric Klaus. Blast some Pearl Jam. <laughs> Remember, Jeremy spoke in class today. Oh, today. 